When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Nothing beats value parking at Melbourne Airport. Book online for the best rates at melbourneairport.com.au. Summer Breakfast on SEN. Top of the morning, everybody. Welcome one and all, wherever you're listening, uh, as Dwayne Russell would say, around the planet, because this is SEM Breakfast. It is Tuesday. It's the 6th day of February in the McCafe menu today, our official coffee partner. SEM Tracks, Gareth Hall, is going to stop by. Who else to bring us up to speed with the Gil McLaughlin story and whether he is moving into the racing industry? We're going to talk some uh, Australian baseball with Adelaide Giants Briley night after they went back-to-back in the Australian Baseball League. Questions without notice. We're going to head stateside as well over to Philly to chat to Sean Barnard after the Joel Embiid news uh, developed overnight as well at Sirius knee injury. Sam Edmund with you. It's all thanks to Melbourne Airport Parking. You're at SEM Breakfast. Book online for the best rates at melbourneairport.com.au. And, of course... Over in the lovely city of Adelaide, we find Kane Corns. Kano, morning. Sammy, uh, good morning to you and good morning to everyone. I got an early phone call from you this morning, which uh, made me a little bit nervous. I was, oh, no, he hasn't been struck down by gastro again and I'm flying solo. But uh, no, it was much better news than that. Um, you've Something has really caught oh, your eye. Jeez, I'm excited about this. In the UK and... To the point where you had to give me a heads up. Well, I just wanted, I didn't want to totally blindside you on this because I needed you to uh, get your mind into gear because for you, this is a couple of years old now and um, so much has happened since then in your field of uh, of work. So I didn't want to just catch you on the hops. I thought, you know, a bit of communication. That's Yeah, the key, no, it was it? good. I, I, I appreciated it. Um, I would have been fine if you just hit me with it between the <laughs> eyes and I would have been able to roll on. Well, that's what Benny said, but I thought, no, yeah. I can't do that to my mate. No, I've got no, to. I- I've got to let him in. So what's happened? Well, what's got you so excited? Well, by the way, just speaking of communication, you can do that with us this morning on the open line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. A 40 winks temper text, 0433981116. Always a good sign when you come and sit down in here and there's already a stack of texts flowing through. So keep them coming. We see them all. Well, I, I, I unbelievably, history's repeated on the other side of the globe here now. <laughs> uh, of course, Jack Ginevan, uh, your man, infamously. My man infamously yeah. got out a, a GoPro in 2022 after, you know, the Pies beat St Kilda. Round one, actually, it was. Light work was the comment he made uh, at the time. And uh, you appeared on the Sunday footy show, as you do. And as you'll recall, and listeners will recall this morning, you said this. 
17th last year, you've beaten St Kilda, who no one expects will do anything this year. Stop carrying on. That's Jack Ginevan. You've played six games. Just relax. Earn some respect in the game before you go on carrying on like that. Now, some would say, hey, 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 let me have my say, and you can agree or disagree with this. If I'm Matthew Nix, I play Collingwood next week. I'm showing that vision going, who do these guys, who do they think they are? You don't see Geelong carrying on like that. You don't see Richmond and Dynasty teams carry on like that. This so is going to be a earn, very long year. Earn some respect before you start carrying on saying it was light work and first of many. Now, it wasn't the last we heard of that either. It was no. a big, big hot take. One of your hottest takes I think you've ever delivered. Just hit the ground running in round one with a big volcano. That was huge. Now, this is amazing. But Arsenal's big win over Liverpool, this time yesterday or thereabouts, was big in the title race. And it kept the Gunners in it. But the Arsenal captain, Martin Odegaard, celebrated Kane by picking up a camera and taking photos of another staff member. It might have even been a staff member being the official club photographer, I think, out on the pitch. Sky Sports pundit Jamie Carragher, well, he lashed the player for over-celebrating. It's a good night. Just get down the throat. You've won a game. Three points. They've been brilliant. They're back in the title race. Get down the throat. I'm serious, honestly. They are milking every second of this. That is for sure. Now, Jamie couldn't control himself in the commentary box. The problem for him is he also happens to be a Liverpool legend, so they've come for him overnight. But Gary Neville was alongside him, Gail Clichy in the post-match, and they said this, Kane. For me, with the celebrations, I think, look, I've gone past the idea of sort of having a go at teams for celebrating. I just still think there's a little bit of immaturity in the celebrations, which means that, probably. to me, it felt like relief that they weren't eight yeah, points well, behind. But probably, but it's a team that didn't win for, yeah. for so long, so yeah, obviously the experience is not going to be there. You will question the fact that your leader needs to bring that, you know, and we can see the, in the incident of, you know, the captain taking a picture. It's exactly the same situation as last year. I remember during a game, you know, they all went together. They were losing 2-0 or 3-0. And during the game, they all got together on the pitch talking about what? They went on and lose the title. So, of course, the experience will play a major part, but you gain experience but that, but by that Relief is understandable, experience. isn't it? Now, Jamie Carragher later tweeted, by all means, enjoy it, but enjoy it by being disciplined. It is absolutely blown up over there. There's similarities everywhere. Piers Morgan's involved. He's getting stuck into Carragher. What did he say? Oh, he said something like, we battered, <laughs> we battered you and you'll take it. Uh, Carragher's just changed his uh, his ex-profile pick to, to Martin Odegaard taking the photo. <laughs> you dyed your hair blonde. Yes. So it's gone completely bonkers over there, um, over-celebrating <laughs> after a win. I couldn't well, believe it. Yeah, I, I still think, and look, uh, maybe I need to move with the times. There is a way to be humble in celebrations. And I don't, whilst uh, Jack Ginevan performed well in the weeks after that, and I dyed my hair and we had a bit of fun and got to know him a little bit, I still don't really go back on anything that I said. Was that the best thing for Collingwood to do for a young, immature player to put him in the spotlight like that and to hand him the GoPro? Now, Collingwood fans loved it and a lot of younger mm. AFL supporters loved it as well. But have they done it again? Would, would they do it again? I don't think they would. And I don't think they have done it again. So there's, there's, there's learnings. Um, great, get the fans involved. Definitely enjoy a win. It's the best part about playing football. It's probably the hour after the final siren goes. But I still think you need to respect the opposition. And unless it's grand final day where you can absolutely let loose and, and do Braden Maynards and, and run around like crazy and we all understand the relief and the emotion of that. Just for a standard win like this, 
I still think there's room to celebrate humbly. Yeah. But I understand I'm a little bit of a dinosaur on this one. Well, it's funny because the whole debate over it, Martin Odegaard, the player involved, the Arsenal captain, no less. So not a kid, not a kid coming yeah. through um, at, at Arsenal, was asked about whether you could, you know, after the game, whether it's possible to over-celebrate. I think everyone who loves football, who understands football, they know how much it means to win to win these games. And if you're not allowed to celebrate when you win a game, when you're allowed to celebrate, then I think, um, yeah, uh, we're happy with the win and uh, we'll stay humble and we keep working hard and uh, we prepare for the next one now. But, of course, you have to be happy when you win. Now, I just couldn't believe it. I was uh, half asleep this morning, pulled the iPhone out. I couldn't believe what I was reading. It's like um, when The Office came out in the UK and then was syndicated in America. It's like, hang on, well, I've seen this before. This is a British version. Well, and the, the opinion is, that that's the good thing about this opinion, is because a lot of people would agree with him. There'd be a lot of old EPL fans go, yeah, he's, he's spot on, Jamie, what he said there. Then there's half that would say, you're kidding yourself. And then yeah. you've got the, the whoever you support, you've got your bias there. So that's why it, these types of things do explode. It's, it's the perfect topic. And then how the rest of the season plays out, yep. this will be factored in as well. Because the Gunners haven't won a title since 2003, 2004, the famous Invincible season. And the people who agree with Jamie Carragher say, this is why they haven't won anything meaningful since then. Mm. But anyway, uh, we've got a couple of prizes to give away today. Two Signet Boost Power Banks, if you don't mind, valued at $44.95. Signet Boost Power Bank keeps everything charged. Your phone, your tablet, your earbuds powered 24-7. Um, just, yes, Kane. Oh, I've just got a bit of a rant. Uh, I wasn't uh, sure if you were putting your hand up or not to talk or because well, your lights keep going off over there. The, 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 lights, the light sensor in here is really annoying. Um, so I might need to speak to my man Nims about that because uh, if you don't move for sort of 25 seconds, the lights go off. So then you've got to <laughs> you dance around. Your arms. You've got to wave it. So you dance around like an idiot to get the lights back on. So I did have something to say, but also at the same time, the lights went out. So I can understand your confusion in that, did, did you want to move on from this? Or we, yep. Yeah, okay. So if you want to have your say on that, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Can you celebrate too much? Shammy's bought some gold this morning. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. The Grammys yesterday, I've got a bit of a, a bit of a volcano and a bit of a rant. So Taylor Swift has won the album of the year for the fourth time, joining the absolute elite. I think there's only three or four that have done it yep. previously. She's been announced as the winner. And she's emotional. You can imagine like, you, everything that Taylor Swift has going on in her life. Celine Dion has had her health battles. She's up there presenting Taylor Swift with the award. And Taylor Swift sort of accepts the award, but doesn't hug Celine Dion, doesn't really acknowledge her and moves on to say her speech. She's been smashed online for snubbing Celine Dion. Now, Taylor Swift labelled classless over Celine Dion's snub at the Grammys. But you know who's labelled her classless? Who? A couple of idiots on social media. So oh, when 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 yeah. did a couple of tweets, and to be fair, Hutchie and Damo talk about this a lot on the sounding board, when did a couple of bozos on Twitter labelling Taylor Swift classless in the heat of the moment after she's just won this massive award, she wasn't rude or anything, she just didn't sort of overtly acknowledge Celine Dion. She looked, I just watched it. It looks like there's a lot going on. There's yeah. other people up on the stage as well. Exactly. And I think we've all been guilty of perhaps, uh, yeah, she's moved on quickly, but I mean, what, what do they expect? A full blown embrace and. But my, my, I guess, rant is directed at the, the, yeah. so, the media outlets that create an article off the back of a couple of tweets. Now, every person's got Twitter and you can send out a tweet. You could just 
put the the hashtag Taylor Swift in, and there'll be people smashing her left, right, and centre. They've been doing this forever. New, What's going on? There's one on? website that's worse than others, and it's news.com.au. They do well, it all the time. That's where I'm on now. As someone who's defended Taylor, I can't defend this. No acknowledgement of Celine whatsoever. Ranted one viewer. A second fan tweeted, the legendary Celine Dion making her first appearance in years amid her health battle just to be paid dust by Taylor Swift. And then later on, and just before this, mind you, Taylor Swift was seen dancing and singing along to Celine Dion's song. So there's no bad blood there. And then after, they've got a lovely photo together embracing. So Taylor's gone and acknowledged her thereafter. She's in the moment. She's won a Grammy. She hasn't hugged and, um, you know, really overtly acknowledged Celine Dion. And she's been smashed for that. Now, I didn't expect to wake up here on Tuesday, the 6th of February on SEM Breakfast, <laughs> defending Taylor Swift with a volcano. But no, I'm more but- having a crack at us as media, us, I say us. That's the way it's gone. That's the way it's gone. Fans, yep. tweets to create big headlines. I thought, oh, gee, who's, who's criticized, who of note has criticized Taylor Swift? No, no one of note. Just a couple of people, a couple of tweeters. Yeah. Sammy. Yeah. I know, I know. And it's you going that way. It's going that way. I'm telling you, I've, I've uh, fallen into that trap before, clicking on things and uh, only to find out that it's Joe Smith. Um, who's, yeah. who's had something to say about um, Wayne Rooney, for example. It's like, well, who, who's this? But anyway, that's the way it's going. Did uh, you get that, into the Grammys at all or not? No, I did not. Okay. But I, I did not. But I know that uh, Taylor Swift cleaned up as well yeah. um, as she's doing at the moment. Uh, just to, speaking of news out of the, the UK, some breaking news, sad news. We won't get bogged down in this just as we went to air. King Charles has been diagnosed with... With a form of cancer, Buckingham Palace has said he's cancelled all public appearances. It's not prostate cancer, which was discovered uh, during... It was This was actually discovered during his recent treatment for an enlarged uh, prostate, without giving too much detail away. So uh, the king is, uh, is crook, and he's going to undergo some regular treatments uh, from this week. It remains positive. So just as we're going to air, some big news over there in England with the king, who's got uh, cancer, according to Buckingham Palace. So yeah, no good. That is a big, big story. Uh, no, just after the coronation as well, and yep. uh, everything that was involved in that. Now he has to step back from it, from his duty. So, yeah, not ideal at all. And and clearly, our thoughts are with the king. I uh, I kicked back yesterday. Had a quiet day. Uh, watch another show. I won't, I won't give you another recommendation. Uh, kids, kids are at last s- night. kids are at school. Yeah, you I just back. The, the house is quiet, and you thought I'm going to just put just on just a quick hour. Watching, what it's streaming called, service? Oh, that's, I'm stuck on that bloody Apple TV. Yeah, Apple, okay. yeah it's criminal record. It's quite good. But uh, I, I was uh, browsing through the phone, and lo and behold, couldn't believe it. Another Riley Sanders hype piece. Another oh, one. Oh, you flick this through. Add it to the list. This one, very well done, of course, by Josh Gablich. We expect nothing less. Yep. But add it to the tsunami of hype around uh, the Bulldogs pup because uh, it's another one. The plaudits are coming. The impressions he's made is this and is that. Uh, he's the runaway leader at the moment yeah, in the hype uh, race. I might get you. Well, he's not because Harley Reid is. The oh winner. no, he's second. We're uh, all is, playing for is, second. Is legend status in the Hall of Fame? Did you do hype meter. Got to do a page count. Uh, no, was, well, we got it. We had a we had a text coming through that the ABC had counted that, that he was 19 pre Christmas. So he's he's well into the 20s. This is front and back pages of Harley Reid and some of them in gold statue. So he's you know, he's sort of Lee Matthews in the Hall of Fame yes. level on the hype scale. But I might get your list of of the preseason hype meter. I did read from Josh's piece and excellent extra detail that he slid into the DMs of a couple of yeah. uh, rivals, including Tom Green. Whose DMs have you slid into? 0433981116. Is there anyone famous as you raise your eyebrows? Because during COVID, 
we had nothing to talk about, right? Mm. Well, we did a magnificent job, SEN, um, of staying on air, really. I mean, we, we stayed on air for eight to nine weeks with no sport. So we were looking for content all the time because there was no, actually no live sport. It's hard to remember what we spoke about. But How did I was we like, do okay, that? I don't know. Uh, we spoke a lot about The Last Dance, the documentary. Yeah. I, I, I remember that and reviewing that. So we, we started on air, but I was like, well, let's try and get some big names on. At that stage, I was doing SNSA Breakfast with Hazy. So I, I hit up all these big celebrities. I was determined to get a big name on the show. So I slid into the DMs of LeBron James, <laughs> Shane Warne, the great late Shane Warne, uh, Bill Simmons, the, the legendary podcaster. Didn't get any responses. None. Le didn't, they didn't even, didn't even read it. So I want to ask you the question. Have you had any success by sliding into the DMs of someone famous? Because Riley did. No, no, it was Tom Green and a couple of others. But um, good on the young kid. He seems pretty determined. Yeah, he does indeed. He does indeed. He's, it sounds like one of those kids who just uh, will ask a lot of questions. Well, Bob, I, I need to have a look at this. But Bob Murphy over summer released um, That's right. Released the detail of uh, who's his actor that he absolutely um, loves. I can't remember. Mendo. Yeah. Is it M Mendelssohn. Mendo. Ben yeah. Mendelsohn, uh, about the back and forth uh, that he, well, I hate that phrase, slid into his DMs or whatever he slid into. And because there was it, a, so, it sounds oh like, so, yeah, that's what it sounds exactly. It sounds like you're dating, you're trying to hook up with someone, but it's it's, I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. And uh, and there's a bit of back and forward, but then Bob just sort of got all bit fanboy and lost him. And uh, very funny, he just decided to release the diaries. Uh, and. We'll get to that. Uh, also, um, I want to get to your topic from yesterday that got yeah. held over cars you've had forever. Um, how long have you had your car for and, yeah. and why? And I'm particularly interested in those that have bought the car new or, you know, as a demo, like so reasonably new and you've still got it to this day because I was watching Weekend Sunrise on Sunday and this guy at a car, uh, car show or car convention had a Porsche that had been in his family for 70 years and they'd had it from new. And I was like, that is, that is amazing. I love that story. Now, it doesn't have to be a Porsche. It can be a Toyota Corolla. It can be anything. Yeah. It can be a Datsun. Have you, have you bought a car reasonably new and you've still got it to this day? And how long have you had it for? What is it? Yeah. And the, it's because the old, that's, they don't make them like they used to sort of stuff. Exactly. And to me, that says a lot about a person. Like you are, you take care of your things. You, you're disciplined. You get it serviced regularly, and you you care. That's, so that's what that's yep. what it says. Because I, I just I, you know, in the past you just don't treat your cars with any respect. You chuck stuff on the floor, and you don't get it serviced regularly. But those of you that do, I admire you. And that's I want to hear your pride and joy, and it remains yeah. your pride and joy. And you got your deep service book, your history, all of it. Yes. Um, nothing worse. Bit of sympathy for you as we get to the break uh, from couching what's only over your sensor light issues over there, Kane. Nothing worse than the sensor light in a workplace dunny going off while you're doing your biz. Shit. Waving your arms on the can is the lowest. <laughs> Gill as head of Racing Victoria. First major change, introduction of the stand rule for horses in the barriers. That's yep. from H in Carnegie stand. as well. Stand. Uh, and they're racing. SEM Breakfast for Melbourne Airport Parking. Book online for the best rates at melbourneairport.com.au. Back in a moment. Nothing beats value parking at Melbourne Airport. Book online for the best rates at melbourneairport.com.au.
Summer Breakfast on SEN. Remember this, Kano? Yeah. Tracy Chapman. Chapman. Yeah. Fast car. Well, it's gone to number one on the charts again because she performed at your Grammys the other night. Live performance with uh, Luke Combs, the country singer. Up on stage, standing ovation, rapturous applause. Uh, So well received has it been, it's vaulted straight back to the top. I think of the iTunes charts, number one on the charts there. Amazing. Something just popped up on my Twitter feed the other day. Tracy Chapman... um, I think Stevie Wonder was going to perform at Wembley in 1988 or something, and he couldn't. He, the disc for his synthesizer with all his songs, they didn't have, so he pulled out. And last minute, Tracy Chapman just stepped up and performed that song, and one of the greatest performances of all time, I'm led to believe. So, she's she's a gun. Yeah, hasn't released new music in a, in a while, but Good song. Oh, what a what a voice. Uh, Tim off the text, Celine is the music industry's version of the one Auskick kid on Grand Final Day who doesn't get the handshake of well, a that's, it, that's what That's what I thought. That's what it is. Now, but I think the AFL players are so conscious now because there has been criticism. It's a bad look. I forget which player it was in time that uh, ignored the player and, and when just grabbed oh, the microphone been or a something. Few. Just a bit of absent-mindedness, I think. But, but Nothing deliberate. We can understand yeah. that, though, can't yeah. we? Like, in that moment, like, to, to, to create a whole headline that Taylor Swift has been classless and has snubbed someone off the back of two tweets, like, come on. We're, I really, we're not doing that, are we? really hate the phrase sliding into someone's DMs, but James got a story here. What would I, you prefer? How, how could we message, just message someone on social media? <laughs> yes, private message? Direct message someone on social media. James direct message Will Day, he said, off the back of Hawthorne not giving any information as to how long he was out for. I asked oh. if he was out for the year and he said, yes, I am. I was able to trade him out of my fantasy side and swindle a mate. That's James off the text. That's, uh, <laughs> not that's bad. Great. Sometimes you just got to go to the horse's mouth. Love it. Uh, Tim's Love in it. Brighton. We've kept waiting for a long time, unfortunately. Timmy, uh, thanks for hanging on the line. Yeah, uh, pleasure. No worries. Thanks, Sam. Good morning, Kane. Look, Timmy. Kane, just quickly, um, today, I know uh, social uh, trolls on uh, the trolls on social media make your volcano erupt, but you, you have to take it easy, mate. This will be detrimental to your health. Why's that? Well, because it, it gets you really riled up and... Uh, um, you know, you, 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 uh, it's better just to, my advice would be just to, you know, let it go. And uh, the more air time you give it, the, the worse, yeah. you know, the, the, you're giving them fuel. So, but that's not what I called up about. I really called up about, um, you know, the AFL not playing, not sorry, not playing, not, not doing anything during February. I was talking to the pipe about it yesterday. Mm. And, and, and the way that, like the NRL, you know, we've got a new CEO in the AFL. I want them to think outside the box. You've got push ahead, Pete. He's in Las Vegas, two games there. The Super Bowl's, you know, coming up next Monday. You've got live golf there. You know, this guy's, you know, it's perfect for the NRL. It, you know, just the build up and lead up around it. Um, you know, they're already advertising the NRL on television. A league of its own is their catchphrase. I, I think the AFL just, I mean, they've let an opportunity slip because they've done nothing or they're not doing anything during February, whatever it might be, I don't know. I'm not saying necessarily to play a pre-season, you know, you know, Ansett Cup or anything, but there's an opportunity there that I think that they've let go, and I just want the AFL to think outside the box with a new CEO. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, that was uh, the pipe was big on this yesterday. I liked, I liked the opinion, and I, I read it. I, I must admit, I... What would you do? And I mean, practice games, and uh, can we... 
can we not just have a month where we're focused on the clubs getting fit and, and training? I think the clubs do a pretty good job of releasing um, their own content and their own information. And there's other talking points that we have through February. So I, I didn't ag agree with the opinion, but I appreciated it because I just think, you know, how much is too much? And to play footy in February, I'd be so fatigued by the end of the year. We're already starting early now. Got to have an off-season. I think the pipe, of weeks pipe away. loves it so much, he'd have it 365 oh, days a year. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and many people would be with him. So what... So let it, let us know your thoughts. It, what would it be? It, it, do you find it a dead zone in in February? I got to say, I, I love the la I love February is the last month before it all yes. all starts, and the weekends off. But um, I mean, preseason games, the clubs are already sending out their tickets to go and watch the the inter clubs and, and things like that. I got one from Port Adelaide yesterday, so we're, we're a couple of weeks away. So yeah, I don't mind the fact that we leave it dead just in in early Feb. I'd say the anticipation is what what makes mm, it what it is, mm. the, the build-up, et cetera. This is going to take some beating from Neil. 1958 Holden FC panel van. Dad brought new. I now have 68,712 miles, uh, 1,067 per year. Pass it on to my son. Money can't compete with memories. That is Neil. the best. A 58 Holden FC panel van. There was Just before we get to the news, there was one other one here. Um, my dad owns an E.H. Holden. His nana bought it brand new off the showroom floor in 63. My dad bought it from her in 80 and has owned it since. My siblings and I learned to drive in it, and it was the family car until 2007. It's now a Sunday driver. That is just brilliant. That's value for it. money. There you it. go, Thank 1963, you 1958. SEM Breakfast for Melbourne Airport Parking. Book online for the best rates at melbourneairport.com.au. Nathan Gardner, he's fired up today. He's got the news. Nathan, thank you. A lot of people fight up over the footy season starting earlier. General consensus is it already is starting earlier and it's footy and that's rather it's cricket season and, and such. And this is where the big bash, in fact, Brad says, uh, should be reaching its crescendo right now. The season should be starting in mid-jan, finishing end of Feb before we get into AFL and NRL seasons. Um, Bo McCreary, last year's grand final, says Jack Mbaruga. That was the Celine Dion moment uh, most recently. But someone else here, a man we both know, Sam on the road, Toby Thurston's didn't shake the Oz kicker's hand and said, cat dog. Yeah. What did that mean, Kane? <laughs> it was a cartoon. cartoon. Yeah. That's, oh, I don't know. It was a was in random. joke with a couple of his mates back at Crib Point. Where he'd be a big fan of the show, Toby Thurston. So he'd be, he'd be listening and he'd be appreciating the mention this morning. I know he's your man. Big emu, cat dog. Yeah. Uh, and three goals on the day as well. Jeez, hasn't he dined Three out, big goals. Hasn't he dined out on that forever? Now, isn't he in, in, looking after your... He's the man that uh, is in charge of the reunion. 20-year uh, reunion. 20-year reunion. Um, and David Hutton as well, who's a former Port Adelaide player, does big terrific job. work. It's, it's a, yeah, it is a big job and a thankless job, right? Like, cause you can't... Please everyone. Everyone's got different ideas of what a, a, a you know a reunion should look like. You got people flying everywhere. You got um, people involved at other clubs. Like how many of those two thousand and four Premiership players are at other clubs? Don't so dealing that the time frame. When are they playing? Like, good luck. Don't Celine D on him on the night. Okay, make sure you no. go up and say thank you. No. Uh, a sports update uh, in the cricket. I saw a bit of this yesterday. I was glued, hoping uh, England might be able to make this really interesting. In the end, they couldn't because India have levelled their five. Uh, test series, uh, winning the second test yesterday, the home side chasing 399 for victory England. They were one for 95. They were looking all right. Uh, Zach Crawley was looking good 
They then lost five wickets in the morning session, though, to allow India to take charge of the contest. Crawley was out on 73. Ben Folks, Tom Hartley, they were uh, they were defiant for a period of time, 36s for the pair of them. But England were eventually all out for 292 in the second session on day four. And that's the thing about India and England playing over there. You're going to get results just about every single yep. time. Kane. How good. It was like the series that we have with India. Every ball was like a hand grenade. There was something riding on it uh, the whole time. So we love that. Uh, big news yesterday, former AFL boss Gillian McLaughlin is in the box seat to be the new chairman of Racing Victoria. Now, uh, Gareth Hall's going to join us a little bit later on to take us through this and what it means, but punters can confirm that while McLaughlin has not yet officially accepted the, the position, he's the preferred candidate of Victoria's racing minister, and he's set to have beat out nine other um, mm. vying for, for, for the role. So uh, there's been no comment from uh, either the minister or Gillen on this, however, Multiple sources did confirm that yesterday. Gareth Hall, as I said, is going to join us in the next hour to break it all down. Story in the Herald Sun uh, today from Mick Warner. Powerhouse clubs Richmond and Collingwood Kane are pushing to lock in a permanent pre-season charity clash. Now, the inaugural charity shield, as it's been termed, uh, is going to be played uh, on the 27th of this month at 6.40. Funds from the match will be donated to the Food Bank Community Relief Service. But Richmond approached Collingwood about this concept late last year, and they're lobbying uh, the league at the moment to make it a fixed February fixture. Is this in direct spo- response to Dwayne yesterday? <laughs> They've moved very, very put quickly. This, put this in early Feb. That's what I thought. Pipe's gone off on a massive uh, rant about how there's no footy in Feb, and then, bang, this has come Next out in minute. the afternoon. <laughs> Next yeah. minute. Yeah, indeed. There you go. Funds from the match, as I say, donate to the Food Bank Community Relief Service. So a nice, a nice thing potentially there in the uh, in the works on an annual basis. Bunnings Trade can help you get back to work with amazing value on a huge range. Keep your texts coming through today. Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. There's plenty of footy about. The commission met at the Collingwood Football Club yesterday, no less. And we'll have some findings uh, from them on the way the game's going to be governed this year later on today. We'll have a chat about that. The open line's one 736 736 We're going to talk Gil McLaughlin. We're going to talk Aussie baseball. We're going to talk with you. Questions that notice are coming up as well. A couple of prizes for good measure. So stick around. Breakfast on SEN. Just a really quick question without notice, Kane Corns. Do you think Gary and Tim will redo their intro song this year? Just give it a little freshen up, a little yeah, lick of paint? I think they need to. Yeah. What just, do you think? Just dawned on me that it probably is time, which I'm sure they'll get to when they get back. I know they put a, a lot of time into their intros. Uh, Tracy Chapman, yeah, Billie Cut. Eilish, yeah. Taylor Swift. <laughs> Not sure what. Well, but... like an amalgamation. Okay. Well, something. Just draw inspiration from the Grammys yesterday. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Ashley's been listening along. We've been talking old cars. We're going back to the 50s and 60s. They've stayed in families, which is fantastic. But Ashley, I think up there in Echuca, naturally, Kane is about to take us out onto the water. How you going, Ash? Good, fellas. Hope you're both well. What's happening up there on the river? Oh, mate, just gearing up for the Southern 80 this weekend, Ashley. Oh, this weekend? Yeah, one of the biggest races um, in the world. So, That's no, big. looking forward to that. I've set up camp on the river. But, boys, I want to um, share just a quick little story. You're talking about cars that have stayed in the family and whatnot. I, um, my dad, in, in 1980, uh, built a, um, a Firebird 
350 Chev remount boat. And um, and he built from scratch from uh, somewhere in Sunshine. Anyway, long story short, he died when I was three years old. He died of a massive heart attack. Um, only up, only five years ago, I found the boat in the background of another photo. Um, and I actually tra- I had tracked down the guy. And luckily enough, he sold it back to me in exact same condition, same sign writing, absolutely everything, even the seats bloody worn out. And, uh, yeah, mum had to sell it back when he died um, in, in the yeah. 80s because it was pay off the house. And I surprised her with um, bringing her out to the river and showing her that the boat was uh, still in the family. So she oh. broke down in tears and it was a great story. Oh, yeah, magnificent, Ash. Good find. Some good bit of uh, detective it, work, yeah. I've still got it. It won't go anywhere. As you guys said before, sometimes the memory is just um, yeah, yeah. The, the dollars. So I'll hand it down to my daughter and my son um, when they're ready to go and take over. Good on you, Ash. Uh, thanks for calling in and taking the time to do so. You're in a beautiful part of the state up there in uh, in Echuca, and the Southern 80 is a big deal in that part of the state, Kane. Um, did you see the tweet from the Giants yesterday? This made me giggle. Uh, it, it just had a couple of words on it. Busiest coach in the competition, and it was a video of Adam Kingsley on the phone. We had the phone in one hand in his office, and he's lifting dumbbells, doing bicep curls oh, with the other one. amazing. <laughs> and it wasn't staged or anything. Like, he no. didn't... Under, he didn't even know he was being filmed when he was doing it, but a lot of people have commented on his arms and his pipes and Big wondered unit. how how he does it. Well, that's how he does it. He Bicep does it curls while he's on the, the phone. Extraordinary. He he was never like into that type of thing when he was a player. Like he was. What's happened? He was just a sort of a natural footballer. He didn't spend extra time in the gym. Like you get those gym junkies that you play with that are really keen on. Uh, chiseling the physique. He wasn't one of those. So I don't know what has happened. He's, he's been him. talking to your man, Andy McLeod. These guys that get, get more ripped Hello. years into retirement. It's like he's gone into the assistant coaching game, of course, and found himself in the gym, maybe with a bit of spare time, and just got carried away. The man's enormous. Yeah, unbelievable. Good unbelievable. on him. But uh, good on him, yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk some footy later on. The commission uh, met yesterday at Collingwood, of course. Uh, big memo sent to clubs late last year. So this is... Uh, overnight, uh, Andrew Dillon, we'll hear from him later, we'll play that audio, said there was going to be a big night tonight and they're going to ratify and announce uh, all of the amendments and tweaks today. Yeah, so no significant rule changes. We'll chat about it after seven. The, the balance for Andrew Dillon and the AFL and Laura Kane is to keep what we love about the game and the physicality of it and the combative nature of it whilst making it as safe as possible. Now, that yep. is uh, a very difficult task to do and and I've got some concerns about where they're going with it but yeah clearly you're not going to be able to jump off the ground and smother if you hurt the opposition you're going to be in trouble like Braden Maynard that's not going to happen we're probably not going to see that this year it's probably a once every five years incident so we're changing it we're changing a rule off the back of that so that's going to be spoken about the Maynard rule don't worry about it because it's never going to happen Um, but the other factors in terms of tackling bumping the high marking, which I'm, which I'm big on, we don't need to go over that, but getting that balance right and not losing the people that love footy for the combative nature is is the balance. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. Also, uh, Patrick Dangerfield was on Channel 7 yes. last you night. you mention this? Had some light-hearted um, things to say about, um, about a whole heap of things, including his future and where he's at and his contract and all of that, and we can hear from that as well. But the, the most interesting thing was his comments on, on Bailey Smith, mm-hmm. the fact that he'd look good in a, in the hoops, once again, very lighthearted. But I want to I want to get our audience's thoughts on that, particularly the Bulldogs fans. On was whether, it close? Was it close? It's close, isn't it? Close to the line? Yeah, I think so. Um, said with a smile, but, I mean, we know, we 
reported this halfway through last year that Geelong have been scheming to get him, and we know mm-hmm. how active that man is when it comes to bringing players to that football club. So again, lighthearted, probably okay, but just getting close, yeah. I reckon, to the line. And Jake Nile wrote a, a piece about mid-season trading yesterday in the Age, which I thought was was interesting, and he played out a couple of scenarios if mid-season trading was in last year. And he focused particularly yeah. on Carlton and the Giants because clearly they were in different stages halfway through the year as what they were at the end of the year. And what if the Blues wanted to trade Harry Mackay thinking that all was lost halfway through the year to a team like Melbourne who was desperate for a key forward and in the premiership, uh, con- in premiership contention and what they would have got for him? And would that have signaled the end for their season? Would they have packed it in? and shut down the season and played for draft picks more so than do what they did and fight to the end and make a prelim final. So he's got a warning for mid-season trading. But I kind of like that scenario. Uh, that's uh, To me, that's the beauty of it. Mm. Yeah, uh, oh, 100%. Of, of how, club, up how clubs yep. navigate that mm-hmm. and capitalise on other clubs who are vulnerable or who want to pay extra because they're chasing that premiership. And can you exploit clubs that are in that position. So I thought his piece, whilst it was a warning, actually... Um, Excited you. Know, a little bit. A little bit, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it was the reasons why we should... It was... I was going, okay, well, this is probably the reasons why we should have it. But once again, my thoughts are, if you're going to have it, you have it with very few restrictions. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into that as well. There's a, an update on Rory Sloan also. Another injury at West Coast. Can you believe it? We'll get to that also. And Ash, who called in uh, from Echuca moments ago. If you're still listening, Ash, uh, give us a bell back. We'll sort you out with one of those Signa Boost we, power banks. Can we get a photo of it, Ash? Yeah, if you got can a photo flick, of the Can you the flick, boat? maybe flick Benny line a... Uh, picture of it i'd love to see it 44.95 the signet boost power bank keeps everything charged uh magnificent so there's one to give away get on the dog and bone and it is yours transform your home with spaces for living revive and redesign sale at choices flooring offering 20 plus discounted styles 0433981116 is the number the all-new temper pro temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here drop us a text temper they've got mattresses like no one Nothing beats value parking at Melbourne Airport. Book online for the best rates at melbourneairport.com.au. Summer Breakfast on SEN. Welcome back. Sam Edmund, Kane Corns with you up until 9 o'clock uh, when Jared Whaley will join us from Vegas. Now, did you listen to Jared's opener yesterday, Kane? I did. I'll tell you, I was driving home. I nearly drove straight to the airport and on the next flight to Los Angeles, then Vegas. He had me... I, he, had me go, he had me hooked as well. My I goodness. Like, I got home. I said, we've got to do that uh, helicopter tour of the Grand Canyon. Oh, yeah, no, that is... I've been to the Canyon a couple of times. That is amazing. Never via the air, though. He went the Western Rim, which is... I'm not sure what the Western Rim's like, but the... The fact that you can get down there so quickly in the chopper mm. and get such a great view of it as quickly. And then last night, he's gone to the Sphere uh, to watch you 2 as well, which I don't want to take the jam out of his donut. I'm sure he'll, he'll fill us in later. But that he's, his camera work inside there, which I'm sure doesn't know justice at all, even that is amazing. Have you seen they've, they've lit the sphere up with both helmets? So the helmet of the Chiefs and the helmet of the 49ers. It's a marvel, that thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is incredible. It is absolutely incredible. So he's been, he's been very busy. But gee whiz, he, he was walk, as he's walking through his itinerary over there, 
Oh, and God. I just got a, I was just flicked a text message from Joel Brooks, who's over there with him producing. All that. Jared currently on Chicago radio. So yep. the, the radio row is, is it's just, take, looks, I think today's day one. It's, it's really taken off over there. amazing. But so, um, the, the people of Chicago are there and they've hit up the Aussie. We'll try and chuck <laughs> down some audio of, of what they asked him and, and what he had to say because, uh, oh, geez, he's making waves. Yeah, exactly. Chicago Radio, Jared Waitley's on it. So there you go. Well, uh, looking forward to catching up with him uh, a little bit later on. Um, I'm speaking to Dan Hanbury later on today, actually. It's an interesting story, isn't he, Dan Hanbury? Almost a tale of no, not quite two halves with his career, but the first two thirds where he could do no wrong, won everything, reliable as ever. I think the third fastest swan to 150 games. And yep. then just whoosh, guillotine came down, didn't it? it is, that is a... Interesting story. I, I used to tag him every time we played the Swans for a good probably f- four years there. Yep. He was the one that you put the magnet to. But then, yeah, fell off the cliff, injury, leaving the club. And redesigned, renegotiated his own contract coming into the last year at St Kilda because of the fact he couldn't get out there. That's so a good get. Looking forward to that one. That's for This Is Your Journey this Sunday. But plenty to get to here on SEM Brecky after the news. Breakfast on SEM. Yes, and it is great to have you with us on this Tuesday morning. The sun is, uh, well, coming up pretty quickly above the Melbourne CBD at the moment. I hope your day started well on this Tuesday morning and you get into work or wherever you're going safely. Uh, this morning looks like a nice day over in Adelaide where Kane Corns uh, is with us in the City of Churches. The McCafe menu today, our official coffee partner. A reminder, Gareth Hall's going to stop by from SEN Track, of course, across everything. And I get the feeling that the Gil McLaughlin um, story in the sense of whether he's going to join uh, the Victoria Racing Club might have been bubbling away in the racing industry for quite some time. Now, Adelaide Giants, Briley Knight's going to join us. We're going to talk some Australian baseball, Kane. The Giants went back-to-back uh, just recently. Questions of that notice. And we'll head over to Philadelphia to chat to Sean Barnard, uh, the Joel Embiid, uh, Joel Embiid news. is huge in the NBA personally and collectively for Joel Embiid and his Philadelphia 76ers. Still got a Signa Boost power bank to give away. Don't be shy. The open line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Kane, it's going to be a big day in footy because uh, the AFL is going, going to come out with... Uh, well, the commission met yesterday to, to ratify some of the proposed changes, sent in a big memo which made news late last year, and the clubs last week sent back their submissions on a wide range of topics. Now, the commission met at Collingwood yesterday where the coach, Craig McRae, the CEO, Craig Kelly, and the president, Jeff Brown, addressed the commission. Separately, as I said yesterday, was the final hearing on changes or or tweaks to the rules that will govern our game this year. So a lot of it is bogged down in the wording of the tribunal and the MRO. You mentioned the rundown tackles. We're going to hear someone's going to get pinned for a rundown tackle this Mm. year, and we are going to be outraged. You can lock that in. Forceful front on contacts got reworded as well. Even contact to the eye region has been reworded. We've heard a heck of a lot about this so-called Braden Maynard rule that you referenced earlier with the smother, which is... If it happened last year, I can't recall another time it's happened in that situation, but nevertheless, that'll be written into the the legislation of the AFL as well. Some of the more emotive topics, though, I went through this on Friday, but the bounce is staying. Um, That's not going anywhere. Maybe next year, but the clubs weren't asked about it, and uh, my understanding is there's no appetite even from the commission to scrap that at any time soon. I'm one. I'm not sure about you, Kane, who thinks we won't miss it at all, Um, and it will protect the umpires in terms of we will get the best decision-makers. 
and also it'll protect the longevity of the best decision makers in the game as well. Uh, the 666 warning, I think, will remain. So all of this stuff, until it's locked in, you know, there's, there's things can change, but this is just the, the word on the grapevine. The 666 warning will stay, will stay, which is a bit silly for mine, but the, the warning's in place. We saw it a couple of times during uh, the grand final. There won't be five on the bench. It'll still be four and a sub. The club's somewhat split on, on what they do with the bench. Some want the five. Some want to remain at four and the sub. So um, it's tactical now, not medical. We know that. But uh, status quo there. We'll get uh, The clubs will get to name the 23-man sides now instead of 22, which, again, is just a, a silly little thing that stops the sub-guessing game and avoids uh, some of the angst over players being omitted and then made the sub, which I think just about every coach had an issue with uh, last year. The tribunal amendments I, I mentioned, but also um, less tribunal cases, more expensive to go to the tribunal now as well for clubs. Yeah. So, uh, look, there's a couple of silly things for me that we're not we're not doing. You mentioned one of them. That's the 666 warning. That just makes sense to... Get rid of that. We all are aware of the rule now. It's been in for ages. You don't need to stop playing, warn the teams. Having said that, uh, just quickly though, just quickly, having said that, in the grand final, if if Collingwood's wasn't deliberate, and we will never know at the end where Mason Cox got the tap down and they got the goal with the goey, it is a massive price to pay to give a free kick away. Well, what's, is the punishment a free kick out of the middle? With I would have thought so. A couple like, of minutes left in a grand final. That is a huge price to pay. It doesn't matter when it is. And to your point, if it was deliberate, that's exactly what should have happened. But sometimes it, it won't be deliberate. So will the punishment exceed the crime, Is if I can cut to the chase, potentially? No, I don't think so. Because, I mean, how how it's like any rule. It's like you run within eight metres instead of 10 metres through the protected zone. That's a 50-metre penalty. There's no warning for that. We all know the rule. That's mm. a huge punishment. So... Yep. The same applies. You could say that on, on any rule. So that that's one of them. The ruck nominations rule, like the, the fact that we still have to have two players put their hand up like they play kick and nominate. Well, I disagree with you. Ruck. Okay, so Why? workshop it with me. If there's yeah. no ruck nomination rule, then take us through how it actually happens. There's, as long as there is one person from each team contesting the ruck and not two, that is fine. As soon as there's a second player from the same team go up for the ruck, then that's a free kick. But there's, the other no ruckman, then the nominate. other the other ruckman won't know. What if you get? What if it gets gamed? What if you have a few players mingling around for a ball up, and the other ruckman doesn't know who's going up? There could, there could be four guys it, there. What if it, Bont comes in from the side or behind what, him? If you are the, that you can't clever to have four people gaming to go up in the ruck and lose your complete stoppage structure of where everyone should stand. The opposition would love that. Okay, I mean, so these, hang on, these... hang on. At a, at a at a ball up or a ball up, especially in the forward fifty, right? What is stopping a club from coming from behind another ruckman, coming from their left, coming from their blind side? If that ruckman doesn't know who's going up, you've Nothing. got to be able to know who's going no, no, up. What, what we never used to. It'll this be is a, no, this because is that a was rule. Be, that was before they banned third man up. Now yeah, that they've banned you... third man up. You, you got to know who the ruckman is, don't you? You don't have to know who the ruckman is. Of course as long you do. As it's one person from every team. You don't know who's going up for a mark. I reckon it would be go up for a, it would a be mark. absolute carnage at a no, stop play I, I, at a stop play it situation. It'll it, be great. It'd add, oh. add, add tactics. It'd add a different level of intrigue. If you're chasing the game and you need to score quickly from a stoppage. There's other things that you can do. I think it would I, add strategy. There's I think no... the nomination process has become less cringy over time too. It used to be a bit of a stop and right. Um, Kane, are you going up? And Ben, are you going up? And your hands up. Now it's just all very quick. It's just like, it's I on. Think, yeah, I don't think it is that quick. I think we lose a lot of time waiting for us to put our hands up saying, I'm going up for the ruck. It's pretty obvious that if 
Sean Darcy is there against Max Gorn. Who's going to go up? No, for the we'll see. This now is there's the, thing. the odd, there's not... the odd exception to that where Luke Jackson and Sean Darcy could be together, but that's great. Like that's the advantage that Fremantle should have for spending 1.8 million on two ruckmen, and they could then play ducks and drakes about who's going up. It would add tactics, but so we got have have you say? Oh, I think that that well, that's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> Daryl, hang on, whole... hang on. Before you go on, Daryl's in Queensland, just on the ruck rule, just for a moment here, Kane. I want to get Daryl's take. Da- Daz, welcome. Yeah, guys, um, I'm with Kano. Um, Kano, you're spot on. It's not hard for teams to dominate in their own right who's going to go up. We used to do a weekday football before the rule even come in. And I think it'll make the umpires ball, bounce the ball even quicker. So teams, teams aren't dumb. They'll work out who's going to go up. If you get two players go up for the same team, they're lost. Mm. Thanks, yeah, Daryl. Well, Appreciate that, it. So That's my view on it. Yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, we'll park it for a moment. We'll come back. And the other one was, I just think we mustn't be far away from bringing in last possession out of bounds. So we have insufficient intent, which is morphed mm. into if you dispose of the ball and it goes out of bounds, usually it's a free kick for the opposition. So, But there's still a level of confusion about that. So we've got to the point now where, well, let's just clear up the confusion. Let's make it as easy as we possibly can for the umpires, if you dispose of the ball and it goes out with someone touching it, then that is a free kick against, like we see in the AFLW. Now, that's not to say that if it's a marking contest and you punch the ball out, that's a, still a throw-in. It's last possession. I think that would be a... Now, I'm at the point now, with the way that they're adjudicating that rule, that that would be a good thing. But it seems like, Sammy, a whole lot of talk for, for nothing. Is, is there any changes? Apart from Braden Maynard, which, as we've said, is never going to happen again. No, there's a lot of tribunal amendments and and, and one heavy lifting for the lawyers that us as fans and observers will, will pay no mind, and, and that will come in to fruition over, you know, preventing challenges and appeals at the tribunal. Yeah. Um, no send-off rule is the other one, of course. That's been debated over time. No whistling on the bench is the quirky, silly little one that's mm. been that's been outlawed. Um, but no, there's nothing uh, of significant note that's uh, that's going to come today, I wouldn't have thought. The other bugbear of mine is why should a club be penalised for defending their case at the tribunal? I mean, we've seen the MRO get it wrong repeatedly. It's a tough job. You're not going to get it right all the time. Why should his findings be gospel and why should you be penalised financially? Well, you're not if you, if you be- win. If you believe you're innocent. You're not if you win. If you go there and you lose, then you are. So it's only if you lose that you find, yes, or that it's an extra charge to go there. Correct, and it, it is going to be an extra charge again this year. But I'm is that told fair? because the soft cap is set, there's not going to be soft cap implications. So the the league were of a mind that last year there were just too many tribunal cases. It was ridiculous. We were appealing everything. Sometimes cases were going up when the player was fully willing to plead guilty anyway and accept the the sanction. So they're going to do away with all of that, the time and the money and the logistics to put on tribunal cases they want to avoid. Just coming back to the ruck uh, rule, and there's a couple of calls coming through on it. The other part of it that I meant to mention earlier, and I think I've heard Josh Jenkins mentioned this before, and he used to do it back in the day, and a few texts coming through. How do you ensure that you don't block the opposition ruck if you don't know who it is? So if everyone's mingled around a ball up and there's no nomination and the bond decides to go up, but of course he's getting tagged, therefore gets blocked, can't contest the ruck, then do we pay a free kick for that or do we just say bad well, luck? You can't, you can't block uh, the ruckman's run. It'd be pretty obvious. You've got... Three other umpires. But if no one knows who's going up in the ruck, it'll be very difficult to not block someone. If you're tagging someone, you don't know. if It it just, 
I think there's more to it than what you're giving it no, credit I don't, for. I don't, I don't think so because because we played for so long without this. It's just yeah, but that was before the third man. It was it was it's only one v one now. It's all changed. It's but not... yeah, but the blocking situation is still there. Like you still had the same drama of someone getting tagged trying to go third man up and blocking the other rucks. That was still in the equation, and that was never an issue. I, it is ridiculous. Clubs will work it out. The AFL will work it out, and if free go up, it's a free kick. I, I, I can't get to the point where we have to nominate uh, rucks. But let's not get bogged down on that. And I guess just uh, as Andrew Dillon spoke about um, the balance of getting the game as, as safe as we can without losing what we love. So now we've we've cracked down on bumps. We all get that. We've cracked down on tackles. We're now cracking down on smothers. Well, uh, what is what is next? Yeah. So there's going to be all sorts of crackdowns on forceful front on contact and, and the rest. Now that will th- be rubber stamp. But for me, the real interest lies in how the league responds to the John Kane Jr. who's a Victoria State coroner over here, Kane, recommending you remember an overhaul of the league's concussion rules, including he instructed the AFL to warn players specifically about the risk of developing CTE. And as part of his 21 recommendations to the league, the coroner said that the AFL should reduce full contact training from 2025. And he strongly urged uh, the introduction of accelerometer mouth guards at such. But the big part is less contact training and tackling from 2025 onwards. Now, the AFL said they would respond to that in time. I'm assuming that's going to come today as well. How big of a change would it be if the clubs were banned from uh, significant contact training at this time of the year, do you think? Not a a huge adjustment because I think when you're playing (laughs) against each other at training, everyone is conscious of that. Like if there's a high ball and someone's sitting underneath a high ball, you're not going to come and clean up your teammate in an inch-club game or in a scratch match at training. So, uh, look, it's rare to get a concussion at training uh, from from my experience. You get the odd accidental head clash, which is unavoidable, and that is going to happen. That's, that's the point. You can't legislate all contact out of the game. We are still going to have concussions with the game that we play, and we don't need an overreaction, I think, to every concussion. That, that, that's, that, that's, that's my view, that we can't be so drilled down on this. Even Mark Robinson's piece on Nathan Murphy, I, I get all of it and I, I understand it, but we can't have careers on the line every time someone gets a head knock and we can't have the overreaction to that because it's, we're going to become incredibly sensitive uh, to that. There is risks associated with playing sport, with living your life, with doing some things. We've made it really safe. We've made it as safe as we possibly can, I think. But you're still going to have concussions. And every time there's a concussion, we don't need the player's future being written about uh, in the paper. Jeff, that doesn't help anyone. Jeff's in Manor Lakes. Jeff, welcome to the show. G'day, guys. Look, I, I don't like the rough nomination. But if you do have to keep it in... You cannot nominate for the ruck from more than 20 metres away. I'm sick of seeing ruckman 50 metres away nominating and then we're waiting for the ball to be either thrown in or bounced or balled up. Mm. It's wasting time. They need to be within 20 metres. Otherwise, you can't contest. Yep. Mm. Yep. Good on you, Jeff. Yeah, there's been, there was a few cases of that uh, throughout the year, of course, um, with uh, rucks, uh, you know, uh, gasping and dying behind the catch. Boundary throw in. They stand, no one wants to get in front. So they keep (laughs) just going back. No one wants to stand. And then all of a sudden the ball drops 10 metres short and they don't even make it. Uh, Before we break, Josh is in uh, Sunbury. He wants to take us in a different direction here slightly, I think, just back to concussion. How are you, Joshy? Morning, boys. How are we? What's on your mind? 
Oh, look, mate, I'm typically an AFL defender. I just, I just love, love the way the AFL run. I think it's for, for a non-for-profit, it's just such a professionally run industry. And I think when we look at these concussion rules, everyone seems to look at the AFL and the, and the rules of the game committee trying to, to change the game. But in essence, they're just protecting themselves for future lawsuits, which is mm. what any smart organisation will do. I don't think anyone wants to ban the smother, but who's to say in 20 years' time, players don't rally together and say, oh, well, you didn't ban the smother, you know, mm. Angus Brayshaw, blah, 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 got hit in the head, so you didn't take reasonable care, so we're going to sue. They're just protecting themselves, boys. Yeah, so where, where does it get to with driving your knee into someone's head in a mark? Oh, you, you said that, you weren't going to do this. No, well, I'm just saying, <laughs> that, that, that's the point. If we're going to ban smothers and you've got players in 20 years going, well, you didn't ban the smother, I'm going to sue you. Well, what, what about the poor unfortunate soul this year who gets a knee to the back of the head and he gets concussed? But, but that's okay because it's a high mark. So th- this is the warning, which I've been big on, that um, you can't get rid of everything. Otherwise, you get rid of everything we love about the game and then no one watches and no one turns up. Yep. Uh, good on you, Josh. Appreciate the call. We need to get to a break. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Kane and I largely in agreement, just dis- in a disagreement on the Ruck nomination rule. A lot of people having their say off the text. Uh, Kane, we're powered by Kubota here and uh, for over 40 years I've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. Uh, conversation started this morning is for the drain man, of course. Drain problems, just call the experts the drain man, Paddy Dangerfield. Love hearing him in the media. Always open and upfront and transparent. Made some comments yesterday on Channel 7. We'll get to on the other side of this break, Kane. Uh, weather update for City Power. This summer, be prepared for extreme weather. Sign up for SMS outage alerts at unitedenergy.com.au slash notify. Melbourne today headed for a nice little top 21 degrees. Back in a moment. Breakfast on SEN. Welcome back. Welcome back. Sam Edmund, Kane Corns with your summer breakfast. Only a week or so left of it as well. With you up until 9 o'clock before Jared Waitley jumps on the dog and bone from Las Vegas, Nevada. Need to get my McCafe menu sorted out, Kane. We'll circle back to the footy because very, very kindly before his own show, Giddy Up over on SEN Track, Gareth Hall has stopped by to discuss the news that broke yesterday that Gillen McLaughlin He's uh, a likely replacement uh, as the new chairman of Racing Victoria. This is a, a developing story as we speak. And Gaz, we appreciate you stopping by, mate. Welcome along. Morning, Sam Kane. Hello to everyone. Yeah, it's been an interesting 24 hours. Well, it's been nearly the worst kept secret in, in racing since basically Brian Kruger, the former chairman, decided he wanted to part ways with Race Victoria and retire after doing a pretty good job. Um, the talk around town that Gillan McLaughlin would be a perfect replacement for Brian Kruger. And I think he's had a a lot of people trying to talk him into it over the last six to seven months. And he hasn't signed just yet. My understanding is, but he's not far away. And I think if he does sign, it will be terrific for racing. Well, that was going to be my question to you because we know he loves the horse. We know he loves the industry, but how is he viewed by the industry? You deal with these people day to day. I think that we all know Gil for the work that he's been able to do. And he did a wonderful job there at the AFL, but Gil loves... I think he loves a punt. He loves his horses. Um, Hamish McLaughlin, his brother, features promptly on the racing coverage. And we all know that Hamish loves his racing. Um, they've been great friends with a lot of racing participants over the years. Racing's been in their blood since they were 
um, young boys, the, the McLaughlin. So I think he, he, he gets racing, he understands the participants, he understands the wagering side of it. He will be thinking that he'll have to innovate a little bit. And it's, and it's a decision that I, I would imagine he would have had to think about closely because it, it's like racing administration is a very tough gig at the moment. There's a lot going on, turnovers down, prize money has reached record heights. But when you're not turning over the money from a wagering point of view that you once were, then the revenue streams change. So there might have to be some tough decisions that need to be made. So it, it won't be a difficult role if he does take it over. But I think personally, as a racing fan, um, I think Gil would be perfect for the role. Yeah, so maybe just expand on that, Gareth, for us, the, the challenges that are facing Racing Victoria mm. and what would be some of his key tasks. Well, the the situation with racing at the moment is that turnover would be a one of his main challenges or to try and stop the slide of turnover. After COVID, racing, well, during COVID, racing went through a real purple patch in a way that had all the eyeballs on it because no one else could watch any other sport and turnover went through the roof. And then after that, um, turnovers just dropped a little bit, but they they continued to increase the, the prize money. So that meant that um, that racing was never, like people have never raced for more prize money. So um, when the turnover comes down, that means the revenue streams change in racing. So um, there has to be, there's, there's less money going in than there's money going out. So there has to be some tough decisions made. Obviously the welfare situation with racing and the way that racing is, accepted in society is another major challenge. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's a few issues that he'll have to face. Um, but I think that he could, he, he's the right man to do that. And, um, yeah, I think it will be an interesting challenge for him at this time of his career. Now he refused Gil. He refused to buy in or take the bait that Peter Volandis threw out when he was at the AFL largely, yep. but he, I would assume anyway, will find it harder to do that if he became the racing Victoria chair, given everything that's happening in that industry at the moment. Well, will they be back on? Well, the sad part about racing at the moment is that racing needs to come together in a way. And there is divide between, especially New South Wales and Victoria. Now, Peter Volandis is the CEO of racing New South Wales and he's also the chair of the NRL. Um, and he's in court a lot of the times these days. He's in court with Racing New South Wales, fighting the other jurisdictions. He's, he's in court at the moment, fighting his major sponsor in the tab. Um, so he's got a bit going on at the moment, Peter Volandis. But I don't think it – like, he never really played into it too much, did he, as the boss of the AFL, no, Gil McLaughlin. No, no. But I think one of his major jobs as chair of Racing Victoria is trying to bring New South Wales and Victoria together to work closely together because – Racing, I don't think is big enough these days to be at loggerheads and fighting against each other. And um, racing needs someone that is passionate about it. Um, Gil would have to put in 110%, which he would if he takes over this role. But it's a, it's a job when there's so much going on with the wagering landscape and the different challenges that racing's facing. And I'm not like, it's not doom and gloom for racing. Racing mm. is going pretty well at the moment. Like you... You have a look at the prize money and you have a look at the people that turned up during the carnivals last spring. It's in, in my eyes, it's in a pretty good spot, but there are challenges. And um, yeah, Gil, he could do a really good job here and leave a wonderful legacy for the sport of racing if he can nail it. Well, we'll see how it goes. As you said, he hasn't signed yet. It's not confirmed. He may take the job. He might not take the job. Yeah. Um, obviously, he will be a person of industry to a person of interest to a lot of organisations out there at the moment now that he's 
on the market, so to speak. Hey, Gaz, appreciate you stopping by Go before anyway. your show. Giddy up uh, over at SEN Track. Uh, where do we jump from the barriers there? Eight o'clock. Yeah, eight o'clock. And it'll be interesting too what happens with Andrew Jones. He's under a little bit of pressure, the CEO of Racing Victoria. Jonathan Munns, a couple of really um, key stakeholders. He's the boss at Troa. Haven't been happy with the Racing Victoria executive. That's why they want to challenge the board and maybe replace a few board members. So it's a it's an interesting time in in. Victorian racing at the moment. Yep, and 515's text in to say if Gil does take the position, yes. uh, he looks forward to Melbourne Cup X uh, coming to <laughs> Flemington as well. Uh, good on you, mate. Have a great day. Yeah. We need to get to the newsroom. Uh, Nathan Gardner's got the headlines, and we're going to get our uh, mitts around a couple of McCafe coffees back in a moment. Yes, indeed. Our conversation starters are for the drain man. Drain problems, just call the experts uh, the drain man. Just wanted to fit Gareth Hall there uh, in before he, he got up to uh, SCN track. We'll resume our footy conversation tonight. We need to speak some baseball at a 7.40 with uh, the Adelaide Giants star, Briley Knight, as well. But something's caught your eye. Well, just just the Harley Reid update. Uh, we've <laughs> been fascinated by the uh, oh. amount of front and back pages he's got. And we were speaking about it yesterday. And then you alerted me to the fact that he, he was on the back page again yesterday Yep. with, with Ben Cousins. So I thought they couldn't go again. They could not put him on the back page again today. <laughs> so I checked in with the uh, online digital edition of the West Australian. He's, you wouldn't believe it. He's on the back page again. It's a little now, blurb. Take, take us it's through not this. A full, it's not a full back page. So the, the main presence on the back page is... Uh, the latest injuries at West Coast. So it's winged eagles, and we've got a couple of band-aids there, and we've got the, the mighty yep. uh, eagle logo with a bandage on it. But then off to the side, you know, they run the little strips down the right-hand yes. side. You know, this is full colour, of course. Uh, Harley lifted a finger, turned to page 50, and there's an action of uh, him training there. So I think there's a rule at, at the West Oz. You've got to have a Harley presence, either on the front or back page of some kind. That has it's to be something. Does, yeah. It's, as we spoke about, the hype is is just like nothing I've ever seen. Um, where does it end? Um, th- this is, he got the back page because he had a, a light session yesterday. Harley lifted a finger. Um, is that I, what the I'm story was? Sure. I wasn't sure what the story yeah. was. No, he had, yeah, it was a bit sore. So he didn't do the, the full complement of training and that made the back page. So yeah, I, I hope they don't drive him out of the, out of the place because it's getting uh, a bit extreme. Uh, Patrick Dangerfield spoke to Mitch Cleary on Channel 7 yesterday. Firstly, let's have a, a listen to his thoughts on the Cats' pre-season, which they've been pretty open about. Just the sheer volume loading for me has been probably double, to be honest, without breaking the code of secrecy. You know, we've done a huge amount of speed work, which we haven't done as much in previous years. It's good insight. I uh, yeah, appreciated it. Now, there, there'll be some risk factors towards that, but they've gone, well, we've got to be on the edge here. We've got to push these players to the edge without breaking them. Now, that may work. It may not with the age demographic of, of Geelong, but I don't mind that strategy, and I like the openness from, from Patrick Dangerfield. But I was particularly interested in this, Sammy, and we'll get, get your thoughts, because he wears multiple hats. Patrick Dangerfield, of course, he's been influential in recruiting a lot of players to Geelong and his work behind the scenes. He's taken a, a heavy interest in that. Mitch asked him about Bailey Smith and the possibility that he plays at Geelong next year. Bailey's clearly one I think any club would love to have. And, you know, the mullet would surely look beautiful in the hoops. He looks good in the dog's jumpers, but he'd look good in the hoops as well. 
So a little attempt at a save. He also looks good in the dog's jumpers. The, yeah. the mullet would, would look you really got, good. Have you got an issue with the Me? AFL Players Association president commenting on a contracted player from another club? In my line of work, I will never take issue with that. And I went, wish you went further. We love it. That's the industry we're in. I'm never going to complain about that. I can't be that hypocritical or unfair. However, the question I would pose to you is, would if you were the CEO, chairman, football manager, player at the Western Bulldogs, would you have a problem with it? I don't think I would. Like, I think um, you got to understand who's talking and there's some... No, uh, but forget P- the PA. Forget he's the, the uh, president of the AFL players. Just as a captain of another club, would you have a problem with that? No, because I th- it was it was lighthearted. Uh, we would all... Every club would love to have Bailey Smith. I thought it was jovial. I thought it was respectful. Now, there's other clubs that would refuse to comment on contracted players from other clubs. And we've... Seen that. So if you had, if we had John Longmire on this morning and we said, John, have you got any interest in Jamari Hagen <laughs> and getting him to the Swans? Yeah. He would say to us, I guarantee you, Kane, I appreciate the question. I don't comment on contracted players from other clubs. So there's would. different yeah. strategies from And what do we rather though? Clubs. What would we rather? Yeah, no, so I'm not, once again, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not going to be critical of that. The question would be, are the Western Bulldogs fans frustrated by that um, and where does it where does it lead and, and where does it get to with mid-season trading coming in yeah. and, and, and the if more so, openness about movement. And if so, are they overly sensitive if they do have an issue with it? And I can't think of exact examples, but it's happened in the past where another club said a couple of things and then that other club's taken offence and then they've complained mm. and there's been mm. back and forth behind the scenes. If we are going to get our heads around things like mid-season trade periods and more player movement, we've got to be more mature about the conversation in a public space or we're kidding ourselves. So yeah, I'm so never going to have an issue with it. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Should a rival club captain, president of the players' association, comment on a contracted player from another club and their desire to get them to the club? Sammy and I, we're, we're not phased by this from from Dangerfield. Are you? Uh, let us know your thoughts. Yep, do that. It's all part of our conversation starter today for the Drain Man. If you've got some drain problems, just call the experts. The Drain Man uh, drain relining is the no dig, no drama way to rehabilitate. Your assets at the Dray Man. We need to take a break. Uh, and we're going to talk some Aussie baseball after this. The Adelaide Giants got it done. They went back to back, Kane. We're going to talk to one of their stars, Briley Knight, on the other side of this. Nothing beats value parking at Melbourne Airport. Book online for the best rates at melbourneairport.com.au. Summer Breakfast on SEN. Cracks a right field. Briley Knight dives and makes the play. It's the out. They'll throw it in. And now there's a scramble for it. Oh, that could have been disastrous and for Adelaide. But Briley Knight made an unbelievable catch to save a run. But he is hurt. Briley Knight's a right field. Will it drop?
Well, we don't talk baseball too often, it's fair to say, Kane, but the ABL, the Australian Baseball League, has just wound up with uh, the Adelaide Giants making it back-to-back Claxton Shields against the Perth Heat. And as you just heard there, one of their young guns, Broly Knight, was the hero in Game 3, and he joins us on the line. Broly, welcome. Great to have you on. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. You must be loving life at the moment. You, what, a, what a performance and what a game, and it's all worked out for you. Yeah, thank you. It was uh, it was an unreal, unreal night. Um, we had a big, big party at the field that night, and I think today I'm still recovering from it. So, um, yeah, it was it was such a fun, fun night, and everyone was so fired up. And I mean, Perth's a good team, and you know they're competitive. And it was basically whoever wanted it more at the end of the day, and it was it was a great win for us. So. Now, as people might have been able to tell from the audio there, um, you hurt yourself in the field making that incredible catch, then return to hit the game-winning runs uh, as well to, to right field. So are you getting? Are you due for a scan on your shoulder? What's the damage there? Yeah, I actually just got to the radiology place, so we're about to get an MRI in like 10 minutes. So uh, we're checking out my shoulder. I think some la- there might be a little slight labrum deal, but um, we'll see how it is. I don't think it's anything too serious, but... Right now, the the range of motion is a little limited. So, yeah, you look sore. I mean, that throw that you you whipped in that that seemed to have done some damage. But Briley, you've spoken about waiting for your opportunity. I, I know you had to wait a little bit for that to come. Take us through how you were included in the grand final lineup and and how you found out. Um, well, you know, once when playoffs started, well, before the playoffs started, I was playing like probably two, maybe three games a weekend out of the four. And um, when playoffs started, I, I wasn't really playing. But, you know, the main thing for me was just like, I, want, I just want to win. Like, let's get to the next day, get to the next day, get to the next day. And we kept doing that. And then eventually we're in the grand final series and playing Perth and um, was in the lineup for the first couple of days. And I was like, I, honestly, I, was, I didn't, I didn't care that much because I was just like you know what we're rolling like all I care about at the end of the day is winning because everyone's happy at the end of the day and um you know I'm always going to be ready for my opportunity and what what it took for that it was just you know doing the same thing every day routine wise um staying locked in supporting my teammates um and having the the main goal is is winning and mm. um championship day woke up and Chris Adamson, our manager, um, sent me a text and said, you're in the lineup today, man. And I was, I was like, let's, let's go. So um, I knew I was ready. I, I had prepared. And, um, yeah, that, that, was, that was kind of the deal. You stepped up. I loved it. Uh, How would you find yourself in Adelaide? Mm. Um, so I was actually born in Perth. So I didn't, I didn't really – I've never really been to Adelaide too, too many times. But my, uh, my father actually – um, coached the Adelaide Bite, as it was called, in 2015, 2016, I think. And um, he he uh, he managed Chris Adamson, the the coach now. And um, so after I just got done with my spring season in college last May, um, they had, they had asked if I wanted to um, come play for the Giants because I have the Australian citizenship and I don't I don't take any points off the um, import system. So. Um, did that and I was going to work. Um, but then I started working a construction job and I was like, Oh, you know what? Baseball might not be too bad. So I, uh, I, uh, finally decided, you know what, I'm going to keep playing the game. And, um, 
there's obviously a relationship there with, with Chris and my pops and um, I had to earn a spot and kind of worked out well. So Now, Briley, you're born in Perth, as you say. You're living in Adelaide, but I'm hearing the accent. So what's the background? Where were you raised? I was raised in Oregon. So my, my dad is from Oregon. My mom is from Perth. Right. And you're very close to your dad, Brooke. Was he, have I got this right, was he best man in, uh, in your wedding or, or vice versa? Vice versa, yeah. I was, I was best man in his wedding. So he just got married to um, his beautiful new wife, Amanda. And I was his best man, yeah. Yeah, right. So uh, Australian baseball, and I think you represented the Australian team when? Late, late last year as well. What, have I got that right? Yes, in, in November, um, about three or four months ago, we were in Tokyo on the uh, under-24s Australia team. So yeah. um, I played, played with a couple guys on that Perth team, Alex Hall and Jess Williams. Um, then we have a couple guys on the Giants who were on that team. That was super fun. So I watched, obviously, the highlights of, uh, of the Giants win and, and some of your heroics there that we just played, and the crowd's going nuts and the atmosphere's great. So what, what sort of state is Australian baseball in, would you say? I would say it's definitely on the come up for sure. I've actually had a few buddies and like, it looks so fun down there. I was like, it is dude. <laughs> and they're, they're, I mean, the competition's great. It's, it's, it's high, a, it's high a ball. Like if you, if you know baseball back in the States, it's, it's competitive. And um, it's where a lot of affiliated players from the States come and play to get, get some winter ball time in. And um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, mm. it's definitely going up for sure. What do most of the players do now that the season has been completed? Where do they go now? So everyone is actually leaving today, um, most of the guys. And then they'll probably have a couple weeks off, and then it's right back into spring training. So it's it's full go. It's Baseball's a year-round sport, especially when you're playing professionally. So yeah, a lot of our guys are affiliated with the Phillies, and so they'll, they'll go home for a couple weeks and then get going after that. So... Well, Broly, a pleasure to talk to you, mate. Uh, we need to say as well, best of luck with the shoulder, the scans. We need to let you go because you're about to get in there and, and assess the damage. Hopefully it's not too bad. And whatever it is, uh, I'm sure it was all worth it and more. So great to have you on, man. Great to talk some baseball with you and, and best of luck with whatever comes next. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. There's Broly Knight there from the all-conquering Adelaide Giants back-to-back Claxton Shield winners. Yeah, who would have thought that Adelaide has become a powerhouse? <laughs> what about Callum off the text? The Giants are huge right now in Adelaide. Yeah, well, and they hadn't. They had no success. Like I think it was back to the six, 50s or 60s before they'd last won. They've won two in a row. Uh, the only Adelaide team to win back-to-back championships since the Sixers in, in mm. 99 and 2000. Of course, the Crows did it prior to that so it's been a long time for this to happen and he was the hero it is a lot about sport and it's a lot of what we love about sport is making the most of your opportunity when it comes and you never know when that is going to come and you don't have to be the best player in the team to have a huge impact but being ready when that comes was exactly what happened and he was the difference so true and a bit of good old-fashioned g and d guts and determination there he was down and out came out and slugged the, the winning runs as well and i meant what i said the atmosphere was great there in the vision yeah, it was. I saw. It looked i've like been great a couple fun. of games yeah. i've been uh, down at west beach it's awesome look great yeah. intimate close great atmosphere so uh pleasure to talk to to brian Ott from the adelaide giants plenty of texts coming through on bailey smith and what other clubs should or shouldn't be allowed to say we'll get to that on the other side
breakfast on SEN. Oh, I didn't mind a little bit of baseball, but uh, as has come through off the text, okay, guys, that's enough Australian baseball for the remainder of 2024. That's a tat harsh. Well, it's a good story, though, isn't <laughs> it? it? Is. Like, you know, they've won the premiership. All sorts of He's trivia. He's the hero. Exactly. It, it, it transcends the baseball. Anyway, a bit of trivia here. Ian Chappell, of course, as a few people are uh, pointing out, played as a schoolboy uh, catcher at state level for South Australia before switching to cricket full-time. So there's all there sorts of go. links. And the Claxton Shield is named uh, after a bloke called Norrie Claxton, who played footy for North Adelaide in the early 1900s, as well as cricket and baseball, says this texter Damien. So there you go. Are you happy with Channel 7 bringing back Talking Footy? I saw this. Well, they had to bring something back because they were slapped on the wrist by the AFL for not having a single um, footy-dedicated program that, uh, that took the game seriously. So I think, and the front bar is amazing. But this yeah. is a totally different show, of course, Talking Footy. And what sort of – because it's come back in a few iterations. What sort of guys is it going to come well, back in? I don't know. I'm assuming in the mould of what Talking Finals was like. So Selwood and Cochin are back. I, I think see the Mitch, usual crew. Mitch is involved. Mitch will be there. So hopefully there's a bit more of a news element to it. And Are you worried? Hopefully – well, not really. Hopefully, you know, Joel and, and Trent come out of themselves a bit more and aren't – Afraid to have they, a bit more of an opinion now that they're out a little bit. Did they I thought approach, they were a bit, did they approach no, I just the volcano? They were a bit reserved, so did they uh, approach the volcano? No, of course not. Oh, there's a, I'm going to circle back on that question without notice after this. Nothing beats value parking at Melbourne Airport. Book online for the best rates at melbourneairport.com.au. Summer Breakfast on SEN. Many lines pulled out fitty seat for Don't questions without notice. Just gone rogue on us. Or is that Gary and Tim's new intro? <laughs> He's dialed out a bit of fitty this morning. Happy with it. Good on you. JK and Don't Benny Line, they're back it. of ours. A bit of... Uh, Bit of production, uh, high production value in that. I just want to come back, talking footy, when it first mm. arrived, and it was on for oh, better part of a decade, Lee Matthews, Malcolm Blight, Mike Sheehan, big Bruce. opinions, joining Bruce McAvaney on set, big opinions, uh, big personalities. Just coming back to two, well, particularly Joel Selwood, an absolute great of the game, and Trent Cotchin, one of the greatest captains uh, that we've seen. What do they have to do? Do you think, given you've been in the industry for a while now and they're recently retired, to get to that level? Um, well, it, the, the chemistry is hard. Like, it's hard just to do what they did and sort of cobble together a show with a lot of different personalities and just go for it. So I, I guess working on that that chemistry, fine-tuning how many panellists you need on the show. But when what I want when I watch a show like that is I want – news and if you can bring fresh news as you know that is one that is one a of what we want tell me something i don't know and i'll watch and then secondary to that is opinion so so give give me your strong opinion on a topic now that that would be where i think joel and trent need to get to but it's difficult if if that if if media is not what they want to do mm. full time and it's a, a side gig for them and it's complementary to their other sources of, of income and they'll have a lot going on, then I think people are reluctant to have strong opinions because strong opinions offend people. And 
in their stage of where they are at, I don't think they'll be wanting to offend too many people. So I think the view that they took is, well, we'll give you an insight fresh out of the game, tactically on what clubs are trying to do. Um, but, but I'm not as in, I'm not as in, I'm not as, I'm not as in on the, and I'm not sure the average footy fan. That's what I was going to say. Is yeah. in on the, the real minutiae of the, the tactics. And, and you can get that on first crack or other areas if, if, if that's really your go. But on a Wednesday night, you're at home, something on TV, you want your footy fixed. Give me news and give me strong opinion. And then give me a bit of chemistry uh, with that as well. And, that, and that's the difficulty to, to do what they've done. But look, what I'm glad is that, that Channel 7 are invested and, and, and they are really supporting their, their good footy coverage with the shows around it. Love it. Yeah, and I couldn't agree with you more. What do you think out there? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 They need to take the safety off. Uh, off the trigger, to be honest. Take but the handbrake off. It is fascinating how the network, and it is on Channel 7 too, like they have, do they or are they prioritising the footy resume over what someone is prepared to say? And I think in this case, maybe they are. And you can understand it as you say, if these two guys, as good as they've been on the field, want to go in other directions and they're not prepared to upset a few people. If they are, then it's going to be breathtakingly good because yeah. that, what great insight they would be able to bring if the filter was off. But I, and I think Channel 7's model is a bit more of that, isn't it? Like big, big famous personalities, yep. big forwards, big resumes, um, n- not as not as hard hitting, less likely to be critical during a game, less likely to critique an umpiring decision, more light in in the seven coverage than what you would get elsewhere. And Whereas I would rather the other. I would rather a guy have played 150 games less. One uh, earned four All Australians less, and maybe won a couple of premierships less. But he's, if he's prepared to say what he's thinking, then I'm tuning in. But that's just me. That might not be for for everyone. Uh, questions without notice time, as you heard from Fifty Cent. Matt's in Sydney. He's dropped one in here for a while. I want to come to this, Kane. Morning, gents. I'm over in Adelaide for a wedding at the end of the week. Can you please ask Kane where the best place to run is? I'm staying in Grange. Wow, well, you've got so in Adelaide. The the Esplanade goes right down from, from Largs to Marino. So you can run uninterrupted without crossing a road along the magnificent Esplanade for the best part of 50 kilometres. So you can't really beat that. And now it's flat and you're not going to get your heels in it. But if, if it's a nice day and it's not windy, you just can't beat a long Esplanade run where you do not have to cross a road. Mm. That would That's be great. My, my and view. as you tell us, you're 20 minutes from everywhere. So it doesn't matter where you're staying, Matt. You're only well, you, 20 minutes from everywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, you can go to Belair. There's some great sort of runs through there, through the trails, if that's what you want. Head up to the Port Elliott Bakery, though. It's an hour away. It is worth the hour trip to go to the best bakery in the world, as I've spoken mm. to Kingy about. Um, question without notice for you. The, the, the Saints hype, is it over the top this preseason? The hype. Yeah, I just think that we were trying to manufacture some hype around the Saints. We are? I think so. Yeah, I haven't so King, detected the hype. Kingy's big on the Saints. I heard he's, that. I heard that. He's, if there's a team that's likely to push into the top four, he's got he's got the Saints in the mix. And then I read the, the Herald Sun today, uh, fit young Saints put Ross in fast forward mode. <laughs> and we're trying to hype up some draft picks that are all really outside the top 25. I mean, there's some, some, some lesser lights, and I hope they get there. But the Herald Sun's trying to hype up pick 50 in the draft last year, saying that this young crop of Saints is going to drive them forward. I don't know. I just feel like 
It's a bit in overdrive. It's the Ross factor. Would it be happening if Ross wasn't there? I dare no. say no. Uh, no. Paul's in Gladstone Park. Uh, Paul, welcome to you. Welcome to the show. Yeah, morning, boys. Love the show. Um, look, uh, I mean, just with regards to Joel and Trent, you know, getting on, uh, I'd be more than happy for them just to be their authentic selves. I think they've got a large enough body of work in the game that, um, you know, they're well-respected, and that's what I'd love to see. No, no, no one's doubting yep. that. I mean, you couldn't get two more highly respected figures in the game. So they've got that definitely as a nice base and a nice platform. Once you've got that, then what do you say? Mm, that's, and, that's, and, that's the question. And, 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 and yeah. look, it's it's all it's it's practice as well, and, and they'll get better, and the chemistry will grow. No, it's, it's, the, the, more, it, the more they do it, it's as simple as what they're prepared to say and what they what they're prepared to not say. It's as simple as that. If the filter's off, you wouldn't be able to turn it off. If the filter's mm. on. Then yeah, that's 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 the debate. David's in Altona North on this very topic. How are you, Dave? Yeah, good morning, guys. Um, yeah, just from a footy purist um, perspective, the um, the analysis to say that David King does and uh, Lee Montagna on a, on a Wednesday night on AFL three hundred and sixty um, into game plans and structures and all that sort of thing. I think that there's got to be a lot more emphasis on that rather than you know the, some of the fluff that's around the game and you know whether a guy is potentially going to be traded, you know, in July that might might happen in November. Um, I think, you know, you, you give the fans more of that, that understanding of the game. And I think more people are going to be a bit going to be appealing to it. Yeah, well it's different things for different people, isn't it David? Like some people are writing to that and then other people probably less so in the, when it comes to the magnets and the whiteboards and the X's and O's. But I, I know what you're saying I, I love First Crack but it's not for everyone. This one from Simo. I uh, just started laughing out loud thinking about the linging opinion graph Kane did on the Sunday footy show. <laughs> that was that was to the point, wasn't some it? Some of my finest work. Not, not holding back there. Um, just uh, before we get to Simon and Felix, this was I just want to circle back on this for a minute because a lot of tech coming through here on the 40 Wings Temper, 0433981116. This was Patrick Dangerfield, captain of Geelong, uh, president of the AFL Players Association, talking about Bailey Smith. Bailey's clearly one I think any club would love to have. And, you know, the mullet would surely look beautiful in the hoops. He looks good in the dog's jumpers, but he'd look good in the hoops as well. That was on Channel 7 with Mitch Cleary. Kane and I love it, but for you, how much is too much, particularly for the club concerned, the Western Bulldogs? David, do you think Darcy Moore, as part of the AFLPA board, would pass comment on Max Holmes going to Collingwood? No chance. Um, nothing new with danger. Josh Dacos blatantly stated only a few weeks ago that he was trying to poach uh, Baz Lenka. Yeah. It's all becoming rather ridiculous. And this one, uh, 100%, anybody should be able to come out from the club and say, we want this player, we're going to try and get him, uh, especially when mid-season draft is coming up. We are all big boys and we have our big boy pants on. That's from Brick. Yeah, I think that's where I see it. I mean, uh, Nick Dacos and Bailey Smith went away with the same manager who also went away, Robbie Durazio. So these, I mean, these conversations are happening. They're managed by the same people, Dangerfield in the same um, management stable as well. Um, now... I mean, it, 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 I think it does. It depends. And look, there, there's tampering and all those types of things. And, and perhaps the AFL needs to come out and say what is allowed and what is not. Like in the NBA, it's pretty strict on, on that, what you're allowed to say and what you're not. And if you do cross the line, there's significant punishments for that. For us, it's a bit vague. Like, are you allowed to meet with the player mid-year? Can they tour your facilities as we've seen in the past? How involved can you get? Um, and it's still, yeah, a bit wishy-washy. But in that instance, he didn't say a whole lot. 
he, he didn't, didn't but say what most people would have said if they were asked that direct question. Melissa and Mount Eliza, totally disrespectful. And I feel like other teams talk about getting players from the Bulldogs more than other teams. I'm so over it, hands off. But then there's Brian mm. and Dramana. It really doesn't matter if uh, Bailey Smith goes because we've got Riley Sanders. <laughs> well, that's well that, that that's the other point. Is So the, 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 the discussion around Bailey Smith is, is it the right time for him to seek a new home? And where is that? And is Geelong a good destination for Bailey Smith? Look, I, I think he's played his last game at the Bulldogs. And, and that may not be a bad thing for the Bulldogs with what you can get for him now. He's not going to be at his absolute peak of his, his value. How does, the injury, how does the injury affect well, it, if at all? Well, a little bit. You factor it in. But, I mean, Tom Duday's still got a big deal to go to Brisbane off the back of two. Yeah, ACLs. but that's totally different. I just feel Bailey Smith was coming into this year with so many questions that he wanted to answer mm. and that we wanted answered. Where's he going to play? How's he going to play? Can he get back to the form he showed of a couple of years ago? There were so many unknowns given he was played out of position for the majority of last year. Now he won't have that information and he's expected to make a decision without that information. I think it's so he, Yeah, he would have a background on how the Bulldogs were planning to use him and the way that they were going to and was that satisfactory for him. I mean, Geelong makes sense though, doesn't it? It, it really does make sense. A, a, a little bit out of the way... The it's right a age, yeah, yeah, the right age demographic for him, the marketability that he brings, and the sponsors that could be supported, and that's been linked there for a while, which you've been all over, and the role that he'll play. Just plug him straight in to the centre bounce, and play him there for ten years, and that's the role. He's not going to be playing half forward at Geelong. I mean, they're desperate. They're talking about playing Tom Stewart, the five-time All Australian centre half, back on ball. They're yep. crying out for on ballers, so yep. he plays. There, the move to Geelong over any other team makes a lot of sense for Bailey Smith. And, and it's not a bad thing for the Western Bulldogs who can cash in. They've got Sanders. They've got other options through the midfield. And they can once again bolster um, what they can get at the draft. And history says with the Cats that when they set their crosshairs on a player, their track record is, don't miss. is better than most. Uh, Simon's in Fairfield. Simon, welcome to you. Good day, fellas. How are you? We're good. Simon. Yeah, that's good. Just in regards to like the new show they're doing on Channel 7, maybe they should take a leaf out of um, 360, which has had the same host for the last 10 years. Look, Robbo's not the most liked person going around, but like Kane, he shoots from the hip and he says his opinion. And that's what people want. They're not interested in straight batting. They're interested in what Kane and Robbo shoot from the hip stuff. Yeah, I think you'd be, be conscious of that. I mean, once again, everyone's has their own taste. Um, but now the other thing now with with the modern media is the follow-up. And you know, a lot of people are going to watch this show on their phone in snackable little bite sizes. So can you capture the attention in 30 seconds as you're scrolling on your phone? Not, not that many people are going to watch. I would think in Melbourne, that show may rate 75,000 people watching at the time. But the follow-up online, the social clips is also how... Uh, they'll judge the success of that show. And can you capture people's attention in that space as well? I don't want to ask a question out of school, but it is questions without notice. Is your schedule the same as last year coming into this year? So we'll have Sunday footy show. Um, you'll have your newspaper columns. You're obviously here yeah. with us. Classified. Classified as well. Same same goes? Yep. The round so far on uh, AFL. Are you backing up with that? Saturday oh, night as well. I don't know how you fit that it, in. How do you fit a bit that There's a bit on. Have you got a newspaper column coming up? The age coming up. Yep. It's a lot of opinion, which we love.
But, uh, it's going to be a big year for you. No wonder you don't like Dwayne's idea about footy in February. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, right. We'll come back. There's plenty more time to, to get to some more questions that I noticed. We're going to head over to the States as well and uh, plug in with Sean Barnard over there in Philadelphia to chat about uh, Joel Embiid and the developments with that knee injury for the reigning NBA MVP. But now it's time to get to this. Nothing beats value parking at Melbourne Airport. Book online for the best rates at melbourneairport.com.au. Summer Breakfast on SEN. I'm told that the hope is that Embiid misses one to two months. That's the best case minimum scenario. And that would dictate a potential return late in the season. Only the severity of the tear... The procedure itself will determine exactly how long he's going to be out. If a full repair is needed in Sergio Michel, that's going to be a significantly longer recovery time period than just one to two months. That was Shams Sharania there, Kane, on the biggest story in the NBA at the moment. Uh, the pending meniscus knee surgery for the reigning MVP in that competition, Joel Embiid. And Sean Barnard is the Sixers and NBA insider on Fox Radio over there in Philadelphia. Also writes for the Philly Sports Network. Great pleasure to have you on, Sean, and, and thanks a lot for your time. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me on, and I uh, wish it was a, a little bit higher vibes in the Sixers world, but excited to get into it with you guys. Very depressing if you're a Sixer. So it's a left meniscus injury, surgery booked in, of course. So the door isn't closed on a return this season, but the million-dollar question, Sean, is, well, he's missed 14 games already. How many more is it going to be for Philly? Yeah, and the, the concerning part, I would say, is they don't truly know until they get in there and do the surgery. Right, right now, it looks like there's two different options that they're going with, whether, whether it is a full meniscus repair or if it's a meniscectomy, which would essentially be kind of a, a touch-up procedure that, that would get him back in the four- to eight-week range and have him coming back for the playoff push, or if it is a full meniscus repair. And he's had a couple meniscus issues at this point in time, so there is some concern of that. That would put him out for the entirety of the season and obviously change the the outlook from the Sixers' perspective. So at this point, they're kind of waiting on fully putting them under the knife and checking things out from there, and that will dictate a lot from that point. Sean, it's not going to help, uh, I guess, his reputation now. Unfortunately, these things happen, but they happen often with MB. Now, one of the best home-and-away players in the league, clearly, but hasn't been able to produce in playoffs, and often his body lets him down. Just give us your overview of the legacy that he's building. Yeah, it's very frustrating that it is his body that ultimately lets him down. And for this season specifically, has been by far the best basketball of his career. His, the, the highest points per minute in NBA history this year, on track for the, the uh, third consecutive scoring title. And there obviously is that hole that is the, the playoffs that, that he has produced to this point. So if you want to view it from the most optimistic lens possible, you can think that maybe he is out for the four- to eight-week span. He's able to return for about a week and a half to ramp up and then go on a playoff run. And I think that's uh, that would be obviously best case scenario if that is the case. I would I don't think that is something that you can fully bank on to this point. I think he's an incredibly talented player, one of the most individually talented players I've ever seen. But we do have to uh, factor in the, the the give and take that come with injuries. For me, I do feel bad from the guy on a human being standpoint that it is a lot of the the freak injuries that he's gone through as well. Stuff like breaking his face on Markel Fultz's shoulder or getting hit in the face by Pascal Siakam. He's had some really tough luck and. It is a shame that he hasn't ever had that this fully healthy playoff run. Yeah, it is a shame for Philly, who were 30 and uh, and 18, and they've lost 10 or 14 games without him. So it's chalk and cheese, his influence. But were you surprised, Sean, that he played against Golden State when he actually did get injured? He looked 
pretty sore from the get-go. And, and I know this is a leading question to some degree, but do you think him playing had anything to do with his eligibility for the postseason awards uh, process and the MVP specifically? Yeah, personally, I can speak to it that I've been very frustrated from an organizational standpoint for just the entire management of his injuries. That these knee issues, while this was kind of the breaking point and the, the full re-aggravation of the meniscus issue, it's been something that he's been battling throughout the season, and they've, they've never fully put a label on it, just calling it on the injury report things like knee soreness, uh, knee swelling, things like that, rather than a direct injury. And then kind of the optics of last week, starting with the, the Denver Nuggets matchup, that everyone always wants to see Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid matchup as just from a pure basketball perspective, two of the best in the game, getting to do it in very different ways. Not even listing him on the injury report and then ultimately being pulled from the game about 15 minutes before in what clearly was an injury. That Looking back, it's, it's very clear to see that the knee did act up, but the fact that he was not listed and pulled so shortly before the game was a terrible look on Joel's side of things. And then to then put him in harm's way a couple days later by playing him against the Warriors is super frustrating. But I think from start to finish in that game, it was pretty clear that he should not have been on the floor. I do think the 65-game rule does have partial something to do with it. I think from Embiid's perspective, he obviously won MVP last year, and that is something that he does care about and he does feel strongly about. And I, I personally don't have an issue with that, but I like when guys care about proving that they are the best. And I think he did approach this season with kind of the mindset of, I'm not worried about the individual side of things. I just want to be ready for playoffs. And then about midway through the season, he was kind of running away with the MVP race. And then that's when he'd start to hit, like, maybe I do got to stay in the running for this, try and hit this number. And I also think that there is a team aspect of things that leading up to that game, Sixers had lost three consecutive games. And in the meantime, the Knicks and Cavaliers are both ripping off wing, wins and climbing up in the standing. So I think it was a lot of compounding factors, but I definitely think the 65-game the limit at least played a, a little whisper in his ear. Now, Sean, we have some, some crazy fans here in <laughs> Australia following our game, but I'm led to believe that he's nothing on the Philly fans. Now, you are on Fox Radio in Philly, so you speak to the fans there. Mm. You're right for Philly sports. Can you describe how passionate these Philly fans are and are they the most passionate fans perhaps in the world? Oh, I, w- I would absolutely say so. And uh, they, they certainly don't forget anything either. Like the game Saturday, seeing the, the Ben Simmons return to the building and the, the still feels like the feelings are fresh there, even after all this time. And uh, so no love lost. And yeah, this, this is a fan base that gets fired up about absolutely every, everything, <laughs> whether it be the booing of an opposing player, cheering on their own guys. So, I do love it. It's been a, it's a very cool sports environment, and there, there is, it is like something I've never seen. I have not checked out a, a down in Australia or other parts of the world as well, so I'm sure there's, there's stiff competition out there, but Philly fans are the absolute best. Well, so they're going to just boo Ben forever then? Do we, we, we lock it in, Sean? Yeah, yeah. I think we can rest assured on that one. And I, To be honest, from my point of view, I, I thought it was, it was even harsher than I kind of expected Saturday. Like, it's kind of at a point where I almost, in some regards, feel a little bad for Ben that he's just like such a minimized version of what he once was. Mm. So it's disappointing from the promise that he did show early on. But yeah, those, those feelings seem pretty irreparable for sure. Well, the 76ers, as we said, 30 and 18. They're fifth in the East, but their talisman is uh, going to face a significant spell on the sidelines are uh, the MVP, Joel Embiid. We'll watch with interest from the other side of the world, Sean, but great to have you on this morning to set the scene and bring us up to speed. We appreciate it.
Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you guys having me, and uh, best of luck with everything down in Australia. Good man. Mm. Sean Barnard there, Sixers and NBA insider on Fox Radio in Philly. Good question from you, because he's plugged into the coalface. They are mad over there, oh, aren't apparently, they? Apparently, they're nuts. Like, I, I, I went and saw an NBA game there last not last year, the year before. In Philly? But, yeah, um, because our um, former CEO, John James, lives in Philly now, and he, he got us tickets. It was great. It was a great day. He went and saw Rocky. But the football fan, so the Philadelphia Eagles fans, you get a load of those. Yeah, They're full on. Cra- so cra- what would, what I never would be the closest a, comparison well, here? I don't, I don't know. I mean, the, our audience would know, and for those that have been there, and perhaps we'll ask Jared, like the, the craziest fans that he has come across. But Philly fans are nuts. Um, so I think the Green Bay Packers fans are pretty crazy over there as well. I reckon um, the Liverpool fans in the Premier League are be pretty there. nuts as well. Yeah. That, that, that is a lifestyle, a way of life over there, uh, rusted on through generations. But, yeah, it's a, it's a, every time you t- talk about Philadelphia, we hear about how passionate they are. But um, good to have Sean Barnard on the line. Uh, we better get in the newsroom, Kane. Plenty more to come uh, on the show. Uh, Nathan Garner's got the headlines. Uh, great to get over to the States. They're always good, aren't they, the American uh, reporters and journos? Very generous. Yeah, just a back of house uh, with, with Benny Lyon. He was really excited to join us, Sean. He said, hey, no problem. I'm really looking forward to chopping it up with you guys. <laughs> so can you say that before classified one night, please? Looking forward to chopping it up with you guys, Lord. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> it I is good, it. isn't it? Um, it. Uh, right, we've got a bit of time before Jared Waitley joins us. Uh, we'll catch up with... Now the last 24 hours have been with G over there in Vegas. And uh, he's been, speaking of the States, he's, he's been on Chicago radio oh, this he's morning. he's a celebrity. He's gone he's global. International Waitley, we're calling him. So he's just a curiosity down there at Radio Row, uh, doing some fine work in the countdown to the Super Bowl, of course. And I uh, won't um, spoil it too much, but I think he got along to the Sphere last night to, to get a look. And I know he was going to watch you two over there at, uh, at some particular stage. Um, this question comes through often, just when we, just circling back to, Concussion. Now, you and I aren't of a legal background. Uh, we don't uh, work anywhere near the profession, so I'm not sure how I expect you to answer this. But these texts come through often when it comes to the AFL protecting themselves against uh, litigation. Why don't mm. players or why aren't players made to sign a legal document each year? For example, a waiver stating that the rules are set in 2024 with player safety and welfare a priority. You agree that incidental incidents happen, and by signing this waiver, you agree to play, and any future lawsuits are null and void. If the players aren't happy with the conditions, then don't play. They do have a choice. Don't ruin our game with more rules taking out contact. It's an excellent question, and it's one I've thought of often. And I'm trying to think back if you ever actually sign anything as a player. I don't think you do. That was uh, going to be my you, follow-up question you, So you. So sign, you sign a contract, and there's clauses in the contract, but I don't think there's anything specifically from the AFL in relation to that. We'd, we'd ha- we should get a legal person on to, to ask that question because I'm assuming that um, whilst you might sign something at the time, in, in time, in 20 years, you can go back and, and you can argue your way out of what you have signed with information. Were they fully transparent with right. the knowledge that they had around things like that? So... I mean, once again, who would know from my perspective with my limited legal knowledge, but I would think there's loopholes everywhere legally, and that's what's happened probably in the NFL. There was some knowledge, there was some accusations of the NFL having information that they didn't share with the players, and then that changed the whole legal landscape, and I would think the AFL is trying to protect themselves from from that and forecasting, forecasting in time 
uh, what it's going to look like. But it, look, I find that interesting and it's an excellent text. So, mm. I mean, there's some, uh, some legal professionals out there that could join us on this without getting too bogged down in the detail that may be able to answer that better than I can. I've often wondered that myself, and there must be a reason why the players uh, aren't expected or haven't been asked to sign such uh, things. Uh, craziest fans in world sport. Uh, I've got a mate over in Argentina at the moment and went and watched Boca Juniors. He said, yeah. uh, I was following on Instagram, he said it was like nothing he had ever seen. But the rivalry, Ryan says Boca Juniors fans in Argentina, they are the craziest. The River Plate rivalry is said to be something else. Mm. Like the stands are literally moving over there from uh, from the first whistle until the 90th minute. Some of the college sports even as well, and they don't play a whole heap of games. Like they're pretty nuts. Yeah, college sports in general, yeah. NCAA, all the NCAA basketball yeah. and uh, and football. The band, they led the bands in, of course, of the basketball and the Final Four in March Madness is exactly that. I think I've got still got a Signa Boost power bank to give away here too, Kane. Uh, you gave 44. one away. How many we got? Well, you gave I've, one I, away. I had to, two. Uh, in, I had two oh, in my Sky Rocket. So oh, nice. I can give. Uh, I can give one more away. So it's there. We've got a blank canvas until Jared joins us just before nine. So now's your time. How, how do you question without notice? How are you going to judge the West Coast Eagles this year? What What do you want to see in terms of a measurement of success for them? So Jack Darling's gone down with a hammy. Mm. It's on the back of Ryan and Kelly and, and others. And it feels like the injury curse is, mm. is hitting them again. Uh, that's what happens when you when you continually sign players who are probably past their best and prone to injury. So I'm not, I'm not giving them an, an excuse for that. But how are you going to judge what a successful year for the Eagles is and for Adam Simpson? Percentage, basically. So that, that well, I think that's a great ind- and an underrated indicator. Um, they won three games. So I want more games won by and large. But let's not get blown out by 70-plus by point seven or eight times a season. Let, let's narrow the gap a little bit week to week. Let's, let's be more competitive. Let's not get belted. Uh, by more than 100 points three times, four times as they were last season, one of them by 171 points. Let's not have the embarrassment and the embarrassing performances. Let, let's compete. Let's fight. Okay, we're going to lose some games, but let's yep. not get blown off the park and shamed in the process. Yeah, so the the, the basic benchmarks is, is how you judge it. So many times last year, senior players missing easy tackles or just the basic fundamentals of football. So nail that. So your contest, your tackling, your ability to compete, is there a defined game plan? So you go and watch the Eagles and you know what style of football they are going to play. And that may only last for two quarters because fatigue will set in with a young group. And then in the second half, you may get blown away because the fatigue sets in. But often you go and watch the Eagles last year or the year before or the the back half of the, the previous year to that. And at quarter time, the game's over. Mm. how long can you stay in the game? Yeah. Yeah, Because what, yeah. he's a premiership coach. He's under the pump. We know there's going to be a struggle for them. So how are you going to judge Adam Simpson as a coach? Well, that that's that's what you want to see. And probably similar for North, albeit I think North are, are far more advanced with the talent on their list than what the Eagles are. But that's the measure for them. That's how you're going to define what that, is a successful year. And we'll judge them on that, yeah. not necessarily – are they going to get to eight wins? Because it's unrealistic. And I know it's a low bar. It's a low bar we're setting, but I mean, that's that's where they're at. Uh, just quickly, gents, took my kids to a play centre on the weekend. They weren't allowed in unless I signed a waiver. But some mm. other texts coming through here. That waiver would not be worth the paper it's written on. An employer or organisation cannot contract out of its work health and safety obligations. 
Trevor, I'm not a lawyer, but I do know you can't sign away your common law rights. That's some of the early feedback on uh, okay. things that are well outside our field of expertise, Kane. Uh, just before we break, quickly, maybe just quickly, Mark's in uh, Bentley. He's got a crazy supporter nomination for us. Mark, where are you taking us in the world of sport? Taking it to a slightly obscure place, West Germany, uh, many years ago, mate. Uh, it was an ice hockey match, Dusseldorf versus Dortmund, which is kind of like Carlton versus Collingwood. Um, crazy, insane supporters. Uh, there was a big biff on the ice. Guys got sin-binned. Uh, the the uh, crowd around him got stuck into him. He jumps out of his box into the crowd with his stick. He's pounding uh, spectators. Spectators from both sides are into it. And the next thing you know, there are literally riot police running into the stadium because the tension at the stadium for those every single one of those clashes is so intense they have police on riot police on standby. It was just next level. It was just insane. I was in a, a nice, safe place up the back, so I was all right, but it was just incredible watching it. You'd never be happy to be in the nosebleeds, I reckon, Mark. Yeah. Uh, and not that we want to publicise violence, but I never thought we'd be going to West German ice hockey matches either on this subject. So stick around or flick the Signet Boost Power Bank, as promised, Forty four ninety five Keeps your phone, your tablets, and your earbuds powered 24-7. Good on you, Mark. Uh, Tony, if you want to sit tight, I promise we'll get to you on the other side of this break, which we need to hit. We're here for Melbourne Airport Parking, of course. You can book online for the best rates at melbourneairport.com.au. Hey, Kane. It's so good to be chopping it up with you. <laughs> After this. Breakfast on SEN. Yes, it is. Coming up to 10 to 9. The time has just flown by on this Tuesday morning. Tony's in Craigieburn. Morning to you, Tony. Hey, guys, boys. I'm Bob Big Pick. Um, just what you think about the price chances. I think they'll go back to back again. But um, I don't know what you guys, guys think, especially uh, Kano, who's probably got his uh, head on the dartboard there at the, at the uh, Westpac Stadium there. But uh, what's your thoughts, guys? Kane, I'll defer to well, you. Well, they're going to be—they're going to be hard to beat, aren't they? But the back-to-back premierships are hard to win. Um, so that the history would say that. But I mean, who would who would bet against them? Mm. Yeah, Tony. Uh, what a great feeling it must be going into a season as a supporter of a team that's just won the premiership. Hopefully, you have a good run with injury, which I think is a massive part of it. Uh, as well, but you uh, support a remarkably resilient football side there. Uh, thanks for calling us. I'm a lawyer, and you can definitely sign away your common law rights. There's a part of the Work Cover Act that specifically excludes professional sport. That's where the change needs to happen. So that's from 833. So maybe this is one for later on in the week. I'm not sure. We don't want to get, as you say, came bogged down in the, no. in the weeds of it, but enough people are interested in it. I think so because it comes up a lot. I mean, you hear that those texts come through. Well, why don't the players, why don't the AFL just get the players to sign something? Clearly, they know what they are doing is risky. So yep. then why can the AFL be sued for that when the players go into it mm. with full knowledge that they may have a concussion or they may have multiple concussions or other injuries that are associated with that um, yeah, as maybe, well. So maybe it'd, be we good to, it'd be good to clear yeah, that up. Maybe we need an expert on about that. Uh, Jared's coming up on the other side of this break, of course. Do you reckon now that he's on Radio Row and he's, he's got his feet on the ground and he's talking to overseas radio stations and, and obviously us, uh, that he's busted out one of these yet? If you're ever in Australia, Larry, people know who you are, man. Make sure you come in and say hello. Do you reckon he's busted out of people know who you are, man, or more of a can't wait to chop it up with your 
man. For, we need a new one this year. That's probably my favourite audio that gets replayed on on the station. But he, we need to, we needed something else. So maybe chopping it up is the one. All right. Well, he's going to join us uh, next. As I say, he's been uh, he's been on Chicago radio, and I, I think we've tracked down some of the audio there from the other side of the globe. We might see what Jared. How is Jared representing us uh, on the world stage? We'll mm. we'll find out on the other side of this when we touch base with him. We're powered by Kubota here, of course, for more than forty years. They've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. And so many calls today. You must know that the Toyota Caller of the Year is back, and it's your chance to win. A Toyota Hilux GR Sport 2024 style. There's plenty of stock available now. Just contact your local Toyota dealer today. Nothing beats value parking at Melbourne Airport. Book online for the best rates at melbourneairport.com.au. Summer Breakfast on SEN. First of all, my dream in life is to go to the Australian Open, so there's that. You must. I'm, I, okay, and I and I also want to have like a kangaroo for a pet. Can I do that? Is that a <laughs> I don't possi- think that's a possibility. That's not a possibility. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool though, to have a kangaroo that would like be your buddy? Ho, I'm serious, and I don't know what. You're I don't like- think that's. The, aren't kangaroos kind of mean? Ah, uh, they can be. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't I think you want a kangaroo in the backyard. What a nice. Oh, Sharon Whaley channeling uh, the late Steve Irwin there on CHGO Sports, your go-to source for Chicago sports news. Oh, Jared, I'll tell you what, after your introduction yesterday, I just actually booked a one-way ticket to Vegas. It was that good. <laughs> I shudder to think what's happened in the 24 hours since. Welcome to you. Sam Kane, actually, in, in retrospect, I should have gone the other way, shouldn't I? I said, I oh, know, I should have gone with, well, we all have kangaroos in the backyard. Yeah. That's just, uh, I should have really gone into the cliche, shouldn't I? They would have believed it, I reckon. I wouldn't be the first. Oh, they, they wouldn't they, be the last. They totally would have. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be the first conversation that goes that way this week either. <laughs> how's, uh, how's life on the strip? Yeah, it's great. Uh, so we went to the Sphere last night. Um, which is just mesmerising. So I'll tell you a little bit about that at the at the start of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and today's the official launch of Super Bowl week. So the, the energy is right up. Most of the shows have started, but the construction's finished and this will build sort of in magnitude day on day on day. The teams got in last night. So they have opening night, which is... Um, which is in the stadium for the first time. So they're expecting 20,000 fans there, basically for the teams to be presented up on stage. Um, There's a whole lot of media activity that happens around it, but the the public side of it is the presentation of the two teams and um, the conversations between quarterbacks and star players and the like. But it's never been held in the game day stadium before. So they're saying one of the things is because... I think the 72,000 tickets and they're off the charts expensive is that for your garden variety fan is that's the chance to go and experience part of mm. Super Bowl week inside the stadium. So, yeah, that'd be really interesting. What, what are the price of tickets, Jared? What are they ranging from? It's one of the most expensive yeah, the che- ever, is it not? Yeah, the cheapest are, the cheapest are beyond 8,000 US uh, and then upward from there. And that, that's there's a lot of reasons for that, but the main one is just the sheer spectacle that mm. this is. And we'll tell you a little bit of the story, the history of sport in Las Vegas, so mm. troubled for such a long time and then just 
meteoric over the past decade and the climax of that is now and then it will grow further. Yep, they're coming from everywhere now, men, women, and uh, and the biggest show in town is uh, has arrived, the Super Bowl. Jerry, can't wait for it. Look forward to listening you, to you right up until midday. Kane, we'll see you tomorrow at 6 o'clock. See you tomorrow, oh, mate. Sammy. Good Looking job. forward to it. Have a great day over there in Adelaide. And you too, wherever you might be listening this morning. Jared Waitley's up next. We'll see you tomorrow at 6.